A huge congratulations to Whalen Bay. They are the number one dealer in sales in the nation for Mako and Tahoe boats. How cool is that? Hey folks, Captain Kevin Favor here for Whalen Bay Marine, and I've been telling you for years how much I love the Mako Pro Skiff Series. They're an absolute inshore fishing machine. But don't forget, they also carry tracker boats, nitro performance fishing boats, sun tracker pontoon boats, and Tahoe boats. Now you want some bigger news? Whalen Bay is now the dealer for Ranger boats. The new Ranger Saltwater Bay boats look amazing. Also, Ranger Aluminum Series and Ranger pontoons, which are perfect for fishing and just relaxing. So now, no matter what your boating needs are, Whalen Bay has you covered. And I can promise you that when you buy your new boat, all the folks at Whalen Bay will make sure your boat is rigged correctly and in a timely manner. You can do all this at Whalen Bay in St. Augustine located at 845 State Road 207 or give them a call at 217-3778 or visit WhalenBayMarine.com. Whalen Bay Marine, your authorized dealer for tracker boats, Nitro, Sun Tracker, Tahoe, Mako, and now your full line of Ranger boats. And remember, every day is a boat show at Whalen Bay Marine. And welcome to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Maroon. We're all here this morning. Good morning, Logan. Good morning, morning, Captain Kurt. Chris spinning the hits. Good morning. I'm Captain Kevin Favor. It's going to be a beautiful day. Ocean looks good. Does it? It's yeah. Good. Yeah. I am uh, so embarrassed. I canceled yesterday due to weather. and It was probably the prettiest day of the week that, that we had. I mean, they were calling for 90% chance of rain and 20 out of the southwest. I mean, it looked, uh, the forecast was awful. And it was beautiful all yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Like, about 9 o'clock, I get a picture of the guys that I was supposed to take, but they, they took a picture of the ocean. I'm like, eh, <laughs> not good. Yeah. Hey, it happens. Yeah, it does. Stuff it does. happens. It, you know, I, I just uh, I basically fished all week. And and the, to, to be honest with you, it was there was a lot in the back of my head, like I really don't want to do this again. I mean, it, the fishing is so bad. I mean, it's just it's so bad. Where in St. Augustine? Inshore? Oh my God! It's it's and, and and by the way, it's not just me. I've talked to, I talked to everybody, and it's it's not good. I think we're in transition. You know, we're we're from spring to going into summer mode. Yeah, and I think there there's there's some migration has happened. Our weather's been up and down. Well, and, and it, I think there's so many people that are in the backcountry now. Yeah. Exactly. The fish are hunkered down wherever they're at. <laughs> wherever they're at. And they're I, avoiding I, us like the plague. I, 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 well, what about you? It's been up and down. It's 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 you got to work at it. I yeah. mean, I, I I've had a couple trips this week. Um, I had Craig I mean, Smith it's, out. It's, and, it's end of April. It's supposed to be really yeah. good. Well, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm I'm so with you. But but here 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 again, Jeff. We've 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 talked about this. It's the end of April, and I've been offshore twice. Yeah, that's, right. that's it. I mean, you know, and, and you, so, you know, it's a beautiful time of year to fish. People want to go fishing. Mm-hmm. And if, if, you know, hey, you, you know, if you don't want to go offshore, if you can't go offshore, you want to go inshore, sure, we'll go inshore. Well, you, you've got 20, 25, 30 guides a day fishing inshore. I mean, it, it just, it, it takes a toll on it. I mean, it, and then, oh, you know, yeah. it, you know l- listen. You guys know it as well as I do. There's a lot, lot more recreational fishermen now oh, than than there ever absolutely. was. Absolutely, you know. I mean, the the 
our jetties are giving up a few fish, but you you try to go there and there's ten boats in there. Yeah, you know. Well, um, and the uh, the other thing too is uh, things are cyclical. Yeah, I you know, totally agree with that. Sometimes yep. you know it's good. Sometimes it's not. I yeah, mean, we've had we've had summers to where well, we've been singing the blues, but then we've had summers where we're like, wow, it's ridiculous. I, I, no, I to- totally agree with that. You know, there's no question. You know, it, but. Uh, the, the weather's the biggest thing, you know. I mean, Kirk and I've had this conversation till we're tired of it, but it's 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 definitely different than it was seven or eight years ago, and it has it hasn't changed. It's gone back to an a, you know an onshore wind every day, and that's been know, tough too. It's been yeah. The thing is too, it's blowing straight out of the east, yeah, which makes it oh. uh, you know a difficult to be you know in a place where you can get out of the wind, right? You know, and a lot of the where, where we're fishing go right to the now. Jetties. Well, so we're fishing rough. the jetties. I, we are too. Yeah, and it is just rough. It's rough. Yeah. You know, I had some folks out. I had a I had a two boat a two boat trip with Steve this week, and and we went out in the afternoon, and we fished, and we were fortunate enough to be able to get it in on Wednesday, but when you got to the mouth of the inlet, it was two to fours. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Real lumpy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were able to pull it off, and 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 had actually a. a pretty good day between the two of us the fish a bit good but it's just um i I think you know we're still doing a lot of dredging in the st john's river there's two two dredge boats up in the river now one's near the navy base and then they've got a a a dredge ship that's working the docks right there off of Mm o-search the the new docks that they're building for o-search all the way up to the pilot station and they're i guess they're centering on that corner right there and they're still pumping sand, and it's just—I think that dredging's having a pretty big effect on our fishery. Well, there's a, they're dredging the intercoastal too, just south of um, yeah. of the Palm Valley Bridge. You know, and Leon said the water up there is looks looks terrible. Uh, well, and my question to you guys is—I mean, you, <clears throat> Kirk, you're you're always talking about the dredge when it comes to the impact that it has on fishing. Have you had years where you they've dredged and it's not had any impact? No, I think every time they come in here, it's like us sitting around a campfire. Three of us could have a good time sitting right. around a campfire, and there's no breeze, and all of a sudden we get a little breeze out of one direction. And if you're in the in the in in the lee of that smoke, what are you right. going to do? You're going to move. And fish are the same way. I think the filter systems that they have in order to be able to breathe their gills, they have to have fairly most of the time clean water. And when it's really silted up, I believe that they they move off that. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's the pattern we're seeing right now. You, you, you know what I saw at the jetties this, this week? And I, that, you know how many times I've never seen this in my life? Flying fish. Really? Really? Bunch of flyer, big flyers. Not not small, big big flyers. That is so cool. That's <laughs> all that east, east wind. Yeah, Pushing that's what I'm saying. East blue wind, water. sargasm, weed. And, yeah, I mean, I was that's like. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you one thing I saw. On, Which, where's the, well, real quick, yeah. where's the closest you've ever seen a flying fish to, to shore? Oh, miles. Right, I mean, miles. I've never seen them in that close. Miles, Which, where's the closest you've ever seen? Them? I'd say five miles. Yeah, I would six say miles five off miles the beach. Too. Wow, I've never yep. seen them up on the flying on the fish. Yeah, at the jetties. Well, I know last year, Steve, a lot of them. Yeah, oh yeah, wow. Yeah, I know last year, Steve Mullen threw the cast net. I think it was somewhere around the rocks, and he goes, "You're not going to believe what I caught." And I said, "What?" He goes, "I got a net full of ballyhoo." Oh, I caught him this year, and I'm I, like, "You're kidding!" No, and he I goes, caught, "No, I caught ballyhoo." I mean, oh, a big oh, net full the the week before you and I went out. Yeah, I caught Ballyhoo in, in the net. Interesting. Big schools. Hey, uh, Chris. By the way, you're gonna have to text me if somebody's calling. This uh, computer is like totally wigged out. Totally wigged out. 
Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's like mine's just, working fine. I'm don't you cite it? Okay. Uh, don't you? Some of the. Uh, I, I was thinking. I was thinking the, the real quick. The, it, don't you know those jacks in the in the in, inlet are looking at that? They're going, uh oh, the flying fish. Yeah, they're going mullet. Don't got wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Good point. Because, because they look a lot like a mullet anyway, and they're like, what? They do look like a mullet. Yeah, they, got they, the, they, they do. Yeah, kind yeah. of big head, <laughs> yeah. wide. Yeah. I will tell you, though, there's tons of pogies on the beach. They are everywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard big, that. giant wads, that's, north, south, that's east. Awesome. I mean, out in 50 feet of water, 30 feet of water. I mean, I went out the other day and, and scooted out of the inlet on Tuesday with Craig Smith and a friend of his, Andrew. And I knew it was rough, and Jeremy called me and said, <laughs> Hey, hey I was sitting want- there going, Wait a minute, what are, you, what are you doing? Well, there's a lot of fish around the rocks. And I'm telling you what, those little peanut pogies. Yeah. Whether you use them inshore or offshore, they are money. Yeah, I mean, money. Anything, money. I mean, I like it. if it's a red or a big trout, they're going to eat a peanut pogey in a second. Mm-hmm. And this time of year, I think they transitioned into that. They start seeing that bait more and more and more frequently. They don't want a shrimp. They want one of those little silver fish. Mm-hmm. Right. So Jeremy called me Tuesday and he said, "Hey, I know you're still out here. If you want to pop out here, it's a little sporty, but he said it's doable." And so we did. We ran out of the inlet, headed Google north. Bull is always relative. Yeah, it's yeah. well, you know me. I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. Two to four feet. I'm not that that nervous about that going around the rocks. So we went out there. It was two to four, some fives, and they were tight. They were like four or five seconds apart. Eey. But there were bait pods in thirty to fifty feet of water Ooh. everywhere. Was there any fish in them? Um, I couldn't tell. I mean, I knew if I stayed there too long, my guys were going to get seasick. Right, right, right. It was yeah. it was real disorganized, left, right, front, mm-hmm. back. So you just went out there just to get bait. I just went out there and got net. I, we, got you. I threw the net one time and loaded the live well. And I said, let's go. And we went back over the rocks, actually produced some good reds off those pogies. That's great. You know, just pitching around the rocks, doing doing like you would if you were bass bass hunting. Yeah. You know, just work a little bit, move, work a little bit, move. But they hit them, and they eat them hard, yeah. you know. So they're there, and they're available. Uh, there were some Spanish mackerel caught this week. Ladyfish and jacks are starting to move in. Yeah, we so can, that tells me that, it's, that was, it's that, getting ready to happen. That was that was my week, ladyfish and jacks. Thank goodness for those. Yeah, broadbenders. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Chris wants to chime in on the on the dredging topic. Okay. Morning, Chris. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Um, You know, I'm – this dredging has bothered me from the beginning. I work at a, uh, <clears throat> a marina in the Ortega River, and we're getting so much silt coming in that uh, we're having to watch the drafts on our boats coming in. Um, and I'm wondering, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's because of the dredging it's floating back on the incoming tide. But so after they dredge the river... Who's responsible for the silt and all the tributaries in the river that are clogging them up? Well, what, they're, what they do, and I've seen it for the last couple of years, they, they have an area that's southeast of the spoil area, which is about, like Kevin, five and a half yep. miles, yep. 125 degrees, five and a half miles. And they go that direction, and then they get south of that towards the, the, the sand hills, mm-hmm. and they dump all that product. I've seen it, and they've been doing it for years now. Well, um, his question is: is yeah, old, who, Who's responsible for well, that's the silt a core, that's and all a that? Core in the engineers, river? and that's—I mean, look, right. it, our our government has approved the process of what's happening. Right, a core engineer is responsible or is involved in removing the the product from the river in order to increase the limited ability for the ships to draft more water. 
the, the estuaries and the creeks that run off the ICW and the main river are don't pose a hazard to navigation on what they call normal marine traffic or commercial traffic, which is the main river and the ICW. So effectively, it's just it's going to silt. It's going to silt. They're yeah. not, they're not going to do anything about it. That's a, that's a shame because we get we get some sixty five, some seventies. We even had an eighty come into the marina, and it's getting to where if we don't check the draft on a lot of them. We can't take some of them in. I had a sailboat come in the other day with a seven-foot draft. Right. So it's just, you know, and I've noticed it. We've noticed it increasingly since the dredge started Yeah. that it's rising up. I know it naturally silts in anyways because of the flow of the river. Right, right. But it seems like it's doing it quicker this way. Um, Where are you at, Morningstar? I, I was like, this? no, um, I'm at uh, Port 32. Okay. It's it's right there, just past Ortega Drawbridge. I understand. Gotcha. Well, we're Sadler, we're Sadler, and Lambs are, and all in there. Yeah, yeah I know that, you're and at. that area, for whatever reason, stays pretty shallow. Well, it stays pretty silty yeah. in yeah. that area. It does. Right? I mean, it's just you know, it's just, yeah, that's, that's part normal. Of the river. That's that's normal progression. You're going to have silting just because of the flow of water going in and out. But I do think, in in trying to use an analogy that Doctor White might use, the deeper the water, the harder the flow. Mm-hmm the more product that's going to get moved around. Oh, yeah. You're going to have more surge mm-hmm. based on that deeper water because you've got more tidal flow. You know, The more, hydraulics yeah. are going to be stronger, so you're going to have more silt moving around. Well, and you get that's a lot, natural. You, rain has a big impact on the clarity in the, in the river. Yeah, and, there's, and we had you know. this week we had a significant amount of rainfall. You go back to – remember when we had statewide – wildfires that were happening all around yes. us because oh, we yeah. were in a drought. Yes. drought I mean, literally, yeah. like the yard was – burnt I yeah mean, like dead right mm-hmm. and uh because i was one of the people that refused to irrigate and right. run sprinklers and all that but anyway the river at that time was crystal clear like seawater yeah yeah because of the drought but yeah. i mean and then it starts raining and getting back to being normal and then you know that river has a it's got a brown tannic kind of quality to it mm-hmm. that's that's kind of normal yeah so anyway well, I appreciate. I appreciate it. I know my question. I I pretty much knew the answer to my question, but it was just one of those things we were talking about it the other day, and I thought, well, now we're responsible for dredging this thing out, and it's not going to be a cheap job. Well, no. and it's uh, it's economics. You know, I mean, if we want to have a a port, okay, that has, you know, an attractive, uh, an attractive situation. Oh. You know, it is what it oh, is. Oh, and I yeah, I no, I completely understand that. Yeah. It just. You know, it was just it was just a question I had. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Chris. All right, you guys take care. Yeah, man, you too. All right, uh, before we take a break, let's do a weather report, and we'll do tides. Kirk, you get the uh, I got the tides. The tides, okay. Tides report brought to you by Angie Sub. So my pops was in town. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go to Angie. Sure, he did. So I had to take him to Angie. Uh, so, well, well, yeah, gee, twist my arm, pops. We, I, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> so uh, me and Taylor and my dad. Went to Angie's, and uh, Tara had to do some work stuff, so we ended up going. And, of course, he had to have the French fries, crispy, and this time I got him the tater tot French fry mix. Ooh. He was like, ooh, this is nice. <laughs> he goes, what was that sub I had the last time? I said, probably the Peruvian. Yeah, that was it. I yeah, that was again. it. I want that. Yeah, so Dad crushed Angie's <laughs> all the way from Texas. 
and had to go to Angie's. The tides for today? High tide this morning was at 4.39 a.m., a low tide at 10.52. So these are good tides They're for the next tides, few days, yeah. you know, up and in leading into next week. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, you know, you've got a window of opportunity this morning, folks, but it's not going to last long. No. I mean, there is rain coming. Have you looked? I haven't looked at. The radar. I haven't looked at the radar. I'm, yet. I'm gonna look at the radar while you. Yeah, in a commercial break, and it's, it's a gentle tide too. The peak today at high was 4.1, so it's yeah, it's, that's, a, it's, it's a, real, a very moderate tide. Mm-hmm. Right. There's nothing on the radar yet. All right, good. All right, uh, let's do a, a weather report brought to you by the best barbecue in Jacksonville, the beer to pick. Got a cold front and a low pressure system approaching the region from the west. This is going to bring numerous storms, uh, thunderstorms, and showers which will develop Saturday afternoon, which is today and tomorrow morning. So they're saying that some thunderstorms may be strong to severe. So just uh, be careful if you're going to be out on the water. (laughs) What does that mean? Uh, Today you've got a small craft advisory from late tonight through Sunday afternoon. Right now it's pretty nice. South winds 5 to 10, becoming southeast 10 to 15 in the afternoon. But it's going to be changing Tonight, south winds 15 to 20, increasing to 20 to 25 with gusts up to 35 after midnight. Wow. Chance of uh, showers and a slight chance of thunderstorms in the evening, then showers with a slight chance of thunderstorms after midnight. Tomorrow, southwest winds 20 to 25 knots, Mm. gusting to 35 in the morning. Mm. Seas four to six feet with a period of six seconds. Yeah, tomorrow's done. Monday, west winds 10 to 15 knots, two to three feet. Going to be nice. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, west winds, 10 to 15 knots, 2 to 3 feet. Wednesday, northwest winds, 10 to 15 knots, 2 to 3 feet. And then Wednesday night, northwest as well, 10 knots, seas around 2 feet. So it could be coming another little bit of a front. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I just clicked on your pictures real quick. Um, on uh, the Facebook Instagram post, yeah, yeah we'll talk about that. Yeah, when we come back. Yeah, uh, really interesting picture of your dad. This is this is funny. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that and more right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. that one breathe a little bit <laughs> the drums were just fantastic right there hey uh consignment boat sales has a strong inventory of boats for the spring boating season i saw their lineup i mean they've got some really nice yeah. boats got uh, a nice 24 viper over there they, see they do yes uh, they've got bay boats center consoles they got some deck boats if you want to check out the inventory go to jacksboating.com that's j-a-x boating.com or you can Call Guy directly, okay? Guy at Consignment Boat Sales, his phone number, 904-249-6225. Again, 904-249-6225, and look, they've been there for 22 years for a reason. They, uh, they do a, Guy does a great job. He certainly does. Hey, Check a big shout-out to our, our boys uh, with the FWC who are down in the Dry Tortugas. What are they doing there? Uh, they're doing some deployment work, you know, doing huh? some work down there. On, are they sending you pics? Yep. These are all from the, what is it, Fort Jefferson? Where where exactly are the dry tortugas? They are, Kevin, tell them. Oh, uh, it's basically 
due west of Key West? Yeah, south of yeah, southwest of the Florida Keys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I guess um, I don't know Is exactly how far. Forty miles. So somebody a, will call. Somebody will text 40, 50 me. Forty fifty miles. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, let me uh, pictures here. GTS. What are they doing? Are they just? Are they working? They're working. You know, so they're so they got a little campsite down there, <laughs> seventy miles west. Sign me up for that. Job. They're listing. Yeah, so okay. they, they're actually listing down in the Dry Tortugas. <laughs> now, thank you, Corey. He just sent me a text and he said seventy miles west. Seventy miles. West. Seventy so, miles okay. west of of Key West. Okay. Key West. Yep. Yeah. All right. You guys be safe down there. We appreciate the yeah. pictures, man. It looks beautiful. Yeah, there. that's cool. What are they saying what they're cool doing? Yeah, they're, they're right cooking, now they're having breakfast. Cooking bacon, <laughs> they're cooking on, bacon on, the, <laughs> on the cooktop. <laughs> on the griddle. What's yep. better than cooking breakfast you know, outside? Nothing. I mean, yeah. we did yeah. that at Steenhauer, should I say. Gordon did that yeah, down at Steenhatchie. I, there's something about cooking outside. I agree. I mean, it's yeah, just. Yeah, it's nice. You know? The outdoors, sitting around a campfire. Even. Even Jeff, like the charcoal grill, you know, on the porch outside. Uh, it's just, it's just fun. It is. Yeah. All right. So I, I had to Google it. Well, dry tortugas. We appreciate these guys for all they do for us. So Absolutely. what? What is? Safe. What is there? Is, is they? Do they? I mean, it, it's. It's. Do they it's have in an the middle of nowhere. Do they? Is there a? I mean, it looks like they're I, camping. All I can tell can you. Can anybody is this, go there and camp? Yes. Yeah, you can go down yeah, there. Yeah. Yes. It, I heard the fishing around there is phenomenal. Really? Yeah, especially the bottom fishing. Yeah. I wonder if – I would imagine – did you get a few of the folks that, that might pass through that area that uh, – and that's, that's just U.S., obviously, uh-huh. territory, uh, because you got Havana just a little bit to the south. Right. Yeah, because Cuba's 90 miles. Yeah. Yeah. That's not very far. Yeah. No. In- interesting. Yeah. Not Tortugas. No. It never was very far. Mm-mm. I remember the that would be an adventure now. I mean, yeah. to pack up a boat, camping supplies. It sounds like the. I mean, uh, an adventure for sure. Mm-hmm. But to you know, have the whole camping supplies, do it like uh, yeah. Huckleberry Finn. You know, catch your fish and eat it on an open fire. Yeah. What do you can do? You got wood down there you can burn, or do you got to no, bring your own wood? To, you have to bring your own stuff. I know that I, I've camped. I I've camped. What you, I've camped down trees. I've camped. No, <laughs> can't do that. Ring, ring, well, ring, you can hang out, you, hang out with Wilson <laughs> while you're down there. Yeah, you know, right. yeah, he'd 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 find this old antique boat down there, lay it on the beach, and that'll, the that'll make a fire. Yeah, yeah, that'll yeah, burn. That'll, that'll, that'll burn. make a fire. Yeah, that'll burn. You got to have a volleyball. Is it? Was it a volleyball? Was Wilson a volleyball? Yeah, Wilson, volleyball. Wilson was a volleyball. That's right. Yeah. 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 Got so, a really good movie. Yeah, beautiful pictures. Yeah. You guys have fun down there, y'all. What are they safe. doing? Listen, how can they listen to us? I don't know. They got He's, a cell phone signal. He, uh, Corey, you guys got a cell phone signal down there listening <laughs> to us? They got like a cell tower in the tour too. I don't know. Or? He said they're camping in Marathon, but they ran to the fort. He said they they can camp at the fort though. You can camp down there. Okay, at the fort. So if you okay, want to go cool. down there and do that, that that would be cool though. It Boy, I tell you what, though, get down there and the no seems are Speak, bad. Well, Ooh, yeah, I know. Fun. That'd be cheap. Trying to find some sea mud to rub Ooh, on yeah, and no keep kidding. from getting tore I'm, up. I'm with Kirk. You'd be that. like a haul. I've been there and that or is. Or roll in the mud. I've slept in my car because of the no seams. <laughs> I remember fan. camping. I camped at Fort Clinch one time with the kids and they were so bad. It was like, we can't do this. You know, I, and once, I, it, once you're in there, they lock you in, you know, for the night. Those All those pictures. That Chris Stevens and Mullethead sit. Yeah, and uh, just to give people an idea of, you know, part of our our crew, okay, that went to Steen Hatchie with us, they had had kind of a similar adventure like we're talking about the Dry Tortugas, but they did it 
on the St. Mary's River, I believe. Yep. Yes. And so they, you know, hopped in the boats, camping stuff, cooking stuff. They, and, do, they do this every year. And yeah. w- what an adventure. Yeah, and they no sent kidding. They sent us some pictures, and it was just, it looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. it did. The beach that they were on yeah. looked amazing. It's like the, uh, you know, you go down to Suwannee. I mean, we have a couple of beaches on our property like that. Yeah. But I can, I, I, hopefully they, they got some cooler weather because I, with the St. Mary's River, and the, mm-hmm. I mean, there's only probably certain times of the year that you can go camping there. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, and you got to watch out. You time it, and those yellow flies are down oh, there. Oh, those things are the worst. They'll eat you oh, alive, man. I'll never forget my first experience ever with a yellow fly. And uh, it was in uh, Fargo, Georgia, which is the southern end of the Okefenokee Swamp. And I've, you know, everybody's experienced mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I started going to Fargo when I met Mr. Bill, and me and him became great friends. And so it is springtime, and all of a sudden I'm wearing the, the long sleeve performance fabric shirts, which are kind of thin. Oh. Thinking, yeah, you know, because I want to keep the bugs off. <laughs> and right. dude, that yellow fly, the first one bit me right through that and zinged me. And then next thing I know, there's the yellow flies all around and I'm getting zinged all over. Mm. That hurts. And they they love that fabric. They're like, oh yeah, this feels so soft. <laughs> and then they put that little zapper thing right that through. That needle it. goes, that proboscis goes right <laughs> yeah. through that fabric I right into your skin. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. That you have to have a regular long sleeve cotton shirt, cotton shirt, cotton shirt. Yep. to combat yellow flies. I'll it never is. forget anything less is unsatisfactory. Absolutely. Dave Edwards invited Kyle and I to come up to Cabin Bluff, and he said, "Come up for the day if y'all want to go shoot some hogs, squirrels." I'm like, "Super!" So Kyle and I run up there, and Dave goes, well, "What do y'all want to do?" I said, "Just take us out there and drop us off." And I said, "Kyle and I will walk back to the camp, or I'll call you." And he goes, "Cool." So he takes us out there, it's a good spot, and he drops us off on the edge of this oak hammock. We start slipping through there, and all of a sudden, I look at Kyle and said, man, what's that flying around your head? He goes, what? And he goes, you got them flying around your head, too. And I looked up, and I was like, oh, that ain't good. It was like <laughs> yellow flies. And all of a sudden, here they come. The swarm. I'm, swarm. And uh-huh. it got so bad. And they don't, they, you know, you can't smoke them out. No, you can't do anything. They like them. smoke. No. No. I mean, it's Bug like spray. we're trotting. Oh, They're man. like, oh, that's good cologne. Yeah, we yeah. are trotting and swatting down the dirt road. Yeah. And I'm on the phone to Dave going, you got to come get us, brother. <laughs> He's like, what's wrong? There's I nothing said, you can said, do to, to, no. to make a yellow fly go away. No. And, and when you're on the tractor, oh. it, they get you right in the middle of the back. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't get them. You can't get them. And, and they leave a where that, well. Where that them. fabric gets yep. tight to your skin, that's where they're going to attack. We yes. got, I'll Wicked. never forget it. It was in the 70s. It was like 74. So we drove the devil. We drove our Volkswagens up to uh, Cape Hatteras. We were staying yeah. at Cape Hatteras. And on the way over on the ferry, we stopped at Ocracoke Island. And I had heard the waves on Ocracoke could be really good. And mm-hmm. we heard there was a swell. So we took the air out of my Volkswagen Beetle <laughs> so you could ride over the dunes. Because in those days, you could drive on the, on the dunes. Right. So you take the air out of the tires. Great, huh? So <laughs> so that you can ride on the sand. Right. Which so, is what we used to do. Yep. So we run all and this beach over there is gigantic. Right. I mean hundreds of yards from Dude, the Volkswagen the Beetle weighs about fifteen hundred pounds, to the, you know. To the surf. It down about four pounds of pressure. So we drive you know, all the way out. My question is, is did you put the weed out before you ended up going out no, and messing no, with the tires? Any, we didn't have any weed. Liar. So we drive all the way over to the to the beach, drive uh-huh. out to the beach, which was at that point hundreds of yards from the water. 
park the, the, the beetle and get out and start waxing our boards. And like surf was great. It was like five foot and glassy. We're like, oh, this is awesome. And I look at my buddies and I'm like, hey, what is that? And they go, what? And I said, oh my God, it's yellow flies. And they were everywhere. And we run to, to the, the surf. Yeah. And we're thinking, we'll be fine in the water. You know, you paddle out there a couple of hundred yards, you're going to be fine. Uh-uh. uh-uh. They oh. followed us all the way out Ooh. there. Oh. And the only way we could catch a wave is you had to lay in the water <laughs> with your face sticking out, <laughs> hiding with the board, holding like a shield. Jolly. And they were tearing us up. And mm. we caught, I don't know, we caught four or five waves. I'm like, I can't do this. Right. I mean, they're chewing us up. We look like we had acne on our backs. Welts. All over them. Mm. I mean, welts. They tore us up. Up, mm. and we tore back to the to the bug and threw the surfboards up on top of the rack. I'll never forget out of there. The, the first experience that I ever had with them in Fargo. Mister Bill told me he said, he goes, "It's brutal." He says, "But it means one thing: the fish are biting." Right. They, yeah, that, he, yeah, I, he he yep. knew, and it, well, I guess they called them warmouth. Uh, warmouth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The brim around swamp. Mm. He said, "When the yellow flies are out, that's when the fishing is at its best." And he was dead on. Right. I mean, we went and well, we caught a ton of fish. I mean, match so. the hatch, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I seriously, guess. you know, you, you you listen to trout fishermen. I mean, freshmen, yeah. you know, when they talk about the hatch, that is, you know, and and then here we talk about the worm hatch. So that's so, a nasty little bug, though. All right. So before we went to a break, Kevin, you brought up uh, the, the great pictures of my dad was in town. He right. came in um, uh, Saturday, last right. Saturday after the show. He left yesterday. So I was doing a little research and and uh, noticed uh, cattails, cattails, which 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 leads me to believe we we were in brackish water somewhere. Mm, so possibly, yes, possibly, possibly. But but the the funny thing, the, the reason I was laughing is this picture of your dad, mm-hmm. and he's caught a redfish. Sure okay? did. Yep, and the rod's backwards. Uh, sure is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell? Was it? What is? It? <laughs> and he's got this this funny smirk on his face, and and, and it just made me laugh. Uh, you know, I don't I don't understand why the the rod is is upside down backwards. Yeah. Well, it, I think the picture makes it look like that. Okay. But it's actually he actually held it properly where the reel was down. It just the picture makes it look a little. Oh, it's funny. A little off. It looks off. like he's trying to cast. The redfish is what it looks Yeah. Like. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> right. hey, hey, Jeff. A little help. Yeah, a little help. Yeah, little yeah, help, yeah. Well, I had to get a picture. Right. So, so, uh, so anyway, my, my pops is 82. Okay. Right. Bless him. And uh, we went in Guana and mm-hmm. figured it would be a, you know, because it was pretty windy yeah. this week, and it would be manageable. And so we launched at six mile, and we, uh, we probably went maybe five and a half miles round trip. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, my pops is eighty two now. That's pretty sporty. Yeah. I mean, that's right. That's good. Pretty good, right? Yep. That's real good. Yep. And uh, I put him on Taylor's board, which was the Hobie Lynx, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. And the only experience he's ever had with a kayak is with a paddle, right? And he was like, "Hey, this pedaling stuff's pretty cool." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you I get around. I gave him a fishing rod. You know, my dad's never been much of a fisherman. You know, I mm-hmm. kind of learned that from my buddy Ed and his dad, which which he was a fisherman. But my dad always took me fishing, so it's pretty cool how how life can be uh, go full circle. You yeah. know where now I'm taking him fishing, right. and he had a ball. That's great uh, catching fish. He caught a trout and he caught a redfish, and uh, and then and we put in quite a few miles. Had a great time. I will say while we were out there, I've seen plenty of gators in Guana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not a that's not a shocker. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, they're there. seven, eight footers, nine footers. Right. Yeah. Plenty of them. Yeah. And they don't. They don't want to be around you. Right. You know, if you like, start pedaling towards them. They're leaving. They go down and then they pop up hundred yards away somewhere. Right. They don't want to be messing with you. So we're we're there and and I'm looking towards the bank and all of a sudden I, I saw something kind of move but it was like the bank moving. I'm like, what is that? It looked like a mud bank. Mm-hmm. And I look a little closer and I went. It moved. Oh my god. That's not a mud bank. It was an alligator. He was probably three feet across. Goodness gracious. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm talking this one got in the water and his head, Kevin, was probably that wide. Wow. Dinosaur. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm well, how wide is that? That's two almost twenty inches. Yeah. Okay. This gator had to be thirteen foot. Wow. I mean uh, to, to, just to the point to where you're like, eh. Uh, yeah. and so here's the thing. If he's over there and I'm over here, we're right. good. Right. No big deal. If he gets in the water, we're leaving. Well, he came off the bank. Uh, okay, that's when I caught the movement. So he was back in the marsh somewhere, whatever. Nope, nope, nope. Comes off the bank. And I'm like, all right, he's just coming in the water. <laughs> he saw us. He doesn't like it. He's going to get in the water and he's just going to stay over there. He starts coming Straight at us. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. And that boy can move. And I told my dad, <sighs> I said, leave. we're going this way. Let's go. Right. And so we went more to the north, and I'm turning around expecting to see the wake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're they're in rut this time of year, aren't I, they? I think they're breeding right now. Oh, yeah. dear. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what you no, want. it's not. Yeah. Could've he's seeing that kayak. He's like, hey, she looks kind of sexy. I'm just uh, 13 you. foot horny alligator. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, this, I, I remember being up in Fargo and have partook in a, in a few big alligator viewings. Yeah. Okay. And I, so I know what an 11 footer looks like. Mm-hmm. I've seen them up close, mm-hmm. personal. Okay. And I've seen one of the biggest alligators I've ever seen in my life was back in Black Creek, way, way, way back. I remember taking my mom and my grandmother for a boat ride, and we were back in Black Creek, and it was, uh, I'll say it was wintertime or early springtime, and there was a gator that was sunning up on a bank, and and he was every bit of 13, probably Mm -hmm. that one that was eating all the dogs down there around Black Creek for a while. But this one that I saw in Guana was the biggest alligator that I've ever seen in the wild, as big as that one wow. that I saw in Black Creek. Mm. And like I said, I've never seen any of them. So we, we go to the north, and all of a sudden we encounter another one. But this one is, you know, that seven, eight-footer, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is okay. Right. See it all the time. And you know how they, they want to get out of the water mm-hmm. and show you yeah. how big they are? Yes, I know. He was doing that. That's I, that's the breeding season. That's side. breeding season. Yes, side. sir. Absolutely. They start doing saying. that. So, letting everybody know. You that, take uh, your uh, you take your uh, Roscoe with you when you go on that thing. Uh, no. Might want to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. uh, that was wow, interesting. Sharp, but anyway, you have to. We had a great time. That's and, cool. And uh, my dad really really liked uh, the whole kayak experience. And I will say that. You know, I've got a bigger kayak. My kayak is heavier. But if you're an older person that you want to have a kayak that's really easy and manageable that you can handle, 
this Hobie Links. This thing, my my dad handled it no problem. That's cool. From moving it around and lifting it and stuff, because I mean the the board itself only weighs forty seven pounds. Mm, the that ain't much. The paddles or the pa- or the flipper drive mm-hmm. weighs, I think, like seventeen pounds. Now yeah. is that a uh, Lowell Rance on yours? Yes, sir. How you like them there? there sporty, things? Man, I, I was cool. wondering if you were going to notice oh, that. I noticed it. That oh, was yeah. a maiden voyage I with the like, Garmin. I like it. That I that I I got from Dow, Kevin. Yep. That's, Remember? Yeah. That's the fantastic. last year in the iCast, I got I got the Garmin uh, GPS fish finder uh, mapping system on the kayak now. But you know you don't exactly need yeah, a depth finder iguana <laughs> or right, a map. Right, right, right. But, right. Uh, but you know what? It was cool. A foot. Iguana makes means, a difference. Makes a difference. Totally yes, does, yes. And, and that oh, yeah. made a difference for me yes. the other day. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, they've yep. got all that stuff at uh, at Hagen. So anyway, let's take a break here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show, brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. <laughs> song jc i yeah, walked the line Johnny. walk the line yep okay well I, I got off the line with my uh one of my insurance agents <clears throat> he's gonna get cut <laughs> uh-oh oh well look know. i'm so used to david you know, right. my my state farm agent david b i'm a sw- i'm seriously mm-hmm. i'm so used to david when i call his office i talk to a person when you need something I don't get forwarded to a national call office. Okay. Or an international call office. Oh, even worse. Okay, and the best part is is that David can handle all of your insurance needs. Folks, if you need insurance for your home, auto, life, I mean, David handles all of that and above and beyond State Farm. Okay, all you got to do is give him a call. 904-379-4156, and he's one of us. Mm-hmm. An outdoorsman, loves to hunt fish. And so uh, if you want to have a great insurance agent, okay, and a friend, okay, that's like-minded like us, right. David Beam, okay? Yeah. 904-379-4156. All right, we got the phone lines stacked up, and uh, we're going to get through all of them. Let's, uh, let's bring up Chan this morning. Morning, Chan. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning, buddy. I'm, I'm hoping my yellow fly days are over. My air conditioner hadn't come on in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been between 69 and 71 degrees in my house every day. So Nice. Uh, I'm hoping they don't show up in the summertime up here. But anyway, I wanted to address something Dr. White said last week. I was really, really glad to hear him say multiple times that they don't know the effects of man on climate change, and which is completely true, but he's going to catch a lot of flag from his ac- academic cousins. Um, but he said that people are anti-science. And, and you know, my wife's a science scientist. She, uh, she's got a PhD in medical science, mm-hmm. spent years doing academic research. People are not anti-science. They're ac- anti-academic corruption and anti-academic bias. And people need to understand the way academic science is funded. It's funded with grants, most of them being federal, uh, which right there that lends itself to corruption, but there's a term called publish or perish in academic science, which means if you're not publishing popular, uh, quote, science, then you're not going to get a grant, uh, which means you're unemployed. Those people, they get paid <laughs> based off. No, that's true. I know. Uh, there's, there's, quote, scientists every day losing their jobs because they didn't get a grant from somebody. Well, if 
your livelihood depends on a grant. It just so happens that PETA is going to give you a grant for $3 million. What do you think your science, quote, science, is going to say? Yeah. It's going to say be, what PETA wants it to say. It's going to be biased. It's like, yeah, it's like political polling, really. And uh, Just follow and, the money, baby. It really is. It's uh, it's unfortunate, but it's true. I saw it firsthand. My wife saw it firsthand. And, uh, uh, yeah, people are not anti-science. They're anti-biased and, and anti-corruption. And just the way academic science is set up, it is really, really primed for corruption. And they know that. They, they try to look out for it, but it's, it's something that just can't be prevented. And that, that's what people don't trust. It's not the science. It's the people doing the science and how they get paid. Yep. So, yeah. But yeah. But good for speaking. Good for you're, you're preaching to the choir here. Yeah, exactly. Chance. Yeah, well, we're, we're with I, you. I, I just wanted to say that. You know. No, we appreciate I, you saying I, that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, I, and 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 I know we got to take another call, but Chan, it's always been like for us with the snapper closure. I mean, Jeff has said it a million times. Show us the science. They they have they. Well, you know they 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 come out with the numbers, but they've never showed us the science of of why they've they're closing snapper but yet well, they're 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 promoting grouper season opening up on on may 1st and you know what you know you know how many people are going grouper fishing none yeah well it's not science kevin when when you introduce bias into it it's no longer science okay it's politics yep i and, agree with that that's right that's right there you go on yep. the money yep yep all right chan. And, thank and, you chan and, all right guys appreciate it where'd where, where'd menier go He's probably out of charter. Come on, probably. Larry. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Larry. We were going right to you. Yep. Oh, well. I mean, Snooze, you lose. T- 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 text Larry. Text oh, Larry and right. say, don't ever call and hang up on us. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it's. I mean, we're like rushing through Chan to get to Larry. I mean, kind of being semi-rude to Chan to get to Larry. And then we love you, Chan. Like overly rude to yeah. us because it's he hangs Larry's up fault, on us. Chan. We could always go talk to Chris. I told him to call back. Okay. I we'll mean... See. All right, well, let's go talk to Chris. I mean, Larry done, you know, threw us aside. Morning, Chris. Morning, Chris. Good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? Doing good, And we love you, Chris. That's right. Mm. (laughs) Love listening to the show, fellas. This is is awesome. That fella, Chan, was, oh, my, that was spot on. Mm. I hate following somebody like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, y'all was talking about the uh, the camping trip. We had a a hell of a time, and, and we set it up. Like May 18th is the drop dead cutoff date for, for going on these camping trips. And that's on the Swanee, the St. Mary's. Um, the yellow flies are just horrendous. Now, wait a minute. Now, you said that there's a drop dead date. And in this mm-hmm. drop dead date is because of the yellow flies. Yes, sir. And explain yes, sir. that to people because some people may not know exactly what you mean by that. Evidently, there's a hat they hatch. Some somewhere around the second to third week of May, and you do not want to be in the woods They're or hungry. on the creek. <laughs> no, nope. they yeah, they are. It's uh, it's horrible. You can't <laughs> kill them. You can't kill them fast enough to uh, to, to have a good time. Yeah, yep. even and even the beer don't help. No, they they, they like that too. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean. They seem like they thrive on skin so soft, deep, you name it. It attracts them. Mm-hmm. Gasoline, diesel fuel. They don't care. Bud. No. They coming. don't care. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah, it's no. I mean, we're, we complain about a short experience in the woods with a yellow fly. Can you imagine being a deer? No, I can't. Having oh, to live with Lord. that 24-7. No. 
I, I'm with you. I, no. I've always said I don't know how they survive. I they don't keep, either. You they know, keep during the summertime, man. I mean, they got to keep moving. Have you ever seen a deer when the yellow flies are out mm-hmm. and they're like, tails flicking and their leg is kicking and trying to eat a piece of corn? And it's just they're just hammered. And then all of a sudden you'll see them and they're twitching and jerking. And next thing you know, they take off and run. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because they're like going out of their mind. Yep. And then you and then you add ticks and fleas. And mosquitoes. Yeah. And yeah. mosquitoes. Yeah. Yep. And then, then you add some some redneck out there with a bow and arrow or a <laughs> rifle trying to shoot them in the wintertime. <laughs> yeah. No, no <laughs> which, is me, which is me. Yeah. Crazy. That's right. Yep. Crazy. Yep. But uh we uh we uh, that uh camping trip, we uh you know, used to talk about camping and, and cooking and we uh we fish we usually go on this trip and then, you know, we start Thursday evening, and uh, Friday we fish all day. Friday bush hook, and that's uh, like a trot line in a tree. Um, way more simple than a trot line. A lot of people ask, "Can we trot line?" And it's just those things are too complicated. What, especially, what's the bait? Uh, we use cut mullet. Okay. Hmm. Yep. Uh, okay. Scaling cut mullet, and it holds on the hook good, and the catfish seem to seem to like it. Yeah, those and river cats through. are good. No hot dogs? Oh, no, no, no. No hot dogs are for, for the campfire. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah, we, uh, we, so we camp, you know, we camp the four days and, and, uh, we oh end up having a big old fish fry on Saturday evening. Nice. Uh, on the riverbank. And that's as, that's about as good a fish fry as you've ever been to. No, mm. no question. Um, fresh fish, yeah, too, man. Bro. Yummy. Yeah. Fresh fish is, is the best, and that's what people ask me all the time. Chris, what's your favorite favorite fr- fish? I'm like, man, th- fresh. Fresh, fresh, fresh fish. So, so I I have um just just one question before we let you go. Seriously, um, whenever you go camping like that, you're for four days. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you have your cell phones and, and and things like that. Correct. How are you keeping stuff charged? Uh, batteries. I I, I um got a uh, interstate got batteries. A, uh, Little jump batteries. Well, yeah. The little jump battery batteries, pack, jump chargers. Got the the lighter plug in for the boat. Um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you got them little 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 cigarette size phone bat, uh, yep. phone chargers. Yeah, yeah jump, I don't know jump what they're chargers. called. Yeah, little jump yeah. chargers. Yeah, those. Okay, we 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 do pretty good. Um, staying yeah, in contact with the uh, with the outside awesome. world. That's right. Yep. Yep. Now, the hard part. The hard part is, Chris. Let me ask you this, because I mean, look, when you yes, when you're camping out like that and you're you're eating fresh fish, who brings the deep fryer? Uh, Jerry. Jerry Lucas brings the deep fryer. Okay. We bring about three gallons of oil, um, and uh, propane. Everybody brings deep fryer. Something. Gotta have it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Good. Yep. Uh, hush, uh, hush puppies. Yes, sir. Gotta yes, have sir. it. Hush puppies. Gotta <laughs> have them. Baked beans, coleslaw. Coleslaw. Everybody. Each boat, each boat's responsible for bringing something to the fish fry. Yeah. Mm. Oh. So, so who brought the broccoli? Uh, no broccoli. <sighs> no broccoli. No broccoli. You're on campsite, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, you might want to camp down there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> roll up to a group, yeah. Chris's group. Say, hey, where's hey, the broccoli, guys, dude? You're in the wrong place. You, uh, might, yeah. you might want to <laughs> check that group down the river <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Hey, who wants a salad? <laughs> See that purple color down there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
man. You got any broccoli? <laughs> Generally, no broccoli on the trip. Hang out with Kirk and his Volkswagen. <laughs> yep. Only <laughs> flat tires. Yeah. The yeah. only broccoli they got goes into a little bit of paper, right? Oh, geez. <laughs> anyway, All thank right. you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for yes, sending sir. the pics, Y'all too, have man. A good one. All, right, All right, you too. Yes, sir. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the phone lines and bring up Ed this morning. Morning, Ed. Hey, good morning, guys. I'm a guy who's called in a few times. I'm the guy who called in a while back that I remember when Kevin was broadcasting from Brown's Fish Camp. Oh, my gosh. I got, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's I got a 27 funny, uh, <laughs> years ago. Well, happy yeah. happy retirement, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not retired yet. <laughs> but uh, I got a funny story about the flies. Up north, I was born in Philly and raised in South Jersey, and uh, my friend had a house down the Jersey Shore. And I was a skateboarder, but I never water skied. And we got on the water, and his his brother skied first. His older brother owned the boat. And then my buddy skied. And then they said, you ready to try it? And I said, sure, I'll give it a try. So we're in the Mullica River up in South Jersey. And there was a canal that ran down about four football fields long. And they said, we'll try out the canal before we go in the river because uh, the river had boat traffic. It was a weekend. So... I jump in the water. I get the skis put on. This sounds, this sounds like, uh, by the way, just uh, hate to interrupt you here, Ed. This sounds like Parker Farms water skiing in the canal. <laughs> okay, now, well, what did they pull you with, Ed, in this canal? No, no. He had a he had a boat. Yeah. Uh, well, I, well, see, because the one at Parker Farms, they pull you with the truck. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. So I wanted to make sure, I want to know what you were getting pulled by because in the canal oh, yeah. down here, you get pulled by the truck or or the tractor. Oh, okay. Side by side, yeah. 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 Go no, ahead, no, go no. ahead. So, he, just, he just wanted me to learn out of the main river channel because the gotcha. river traffic was busy. It was the weekend. So we're up in this canal. He gives me the tow rope. I get in the water, and you call them yellow flies down here. Up there, we call them greenhead horse fly. Mm-hmm. And once you get wet, they're all over you. Yeah. So they give me the tow rope. I got the skis on. They're taking the slack out of the rope. And his older brother's driving the boat. My buddy's the safety lookout. And the flies are just eating my face alive. I keep dipping my head back in the water. And have it come up. They get, there they are again. So finally, they get the slack out of line. And they're going, are you ready? And I'm just waving my hand like, go, go, go. Because I'm getting eaten alive by flies. And I dip my head back again, and I'm waving my hand, go. And they're like, you sure? I said, just go, <laughs> leaving out the expletive. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they nail the throttle. And my very first time, I'm on two skis. I get right up, and I ended up skiing six miles. Nice. Get away from the bugs. They got me out. They got me out into the river, and, yeah, when we got finished, his brother was like, you did this before. I said, no, it was those flies. <laughs> my face looks like my face looks like a pepperoni pizza. Oh, awful. <laughs> They're like, "Why were you waving? We thought something was wrong." I was like, "No, go, go, go!" Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Get yeah. me out of here. Yeah, they'll eat you alive. But for some reason, it's when you're wet. That's yeah. That's that's a. I wonder how, what kind of a fly and what and what the difference is is between the yellow flies that we have and then the fly that you're talking about up there in South Jersey. I yeah, they didn't bother you when you were dry. But because yellow flies got, down like, here, don't they don't the give little... a damn if you're dry or wet. Or, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, up, there, up there, up there, up there, it was the water. If you were in the, if you jumped in the, like we had to go to campground, you go in the pool, 
As soon as you come out, they were all over you. Wow. If you were dry sitting by the pool, they didn't bother you. Wow. Cra- crazy. It's crazy. But I just thought that's how I learned the water ski. I skied six miles my first try. Good for you. That's, that's cool. Ski or die. Hey, Ed, hey, Ed did you ever bear, learn how, how to barefoot water ski? Nope. I never even learned how to single ski. I never had the exposure. I uh, grew up in a small, poor town. Huh. So, but luckily, my friend, uh, his parents had a house down the shore. His brother took care of it, and he had a boat, and that's how I learned to water ski. But no, no barefoot skiing. Hmm. I did one time for about a 100-yard stretch and then got whacked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. that was uh, that was a real quick lesson on okay what's the proper way to wreck water skin there's a technique oh oh yeah you have how to how to fall you, you ball up right yeah so that you and skip close your mouth right. and let go of the rope yes. yeah let go of the rope that yes. was always otherwise my... you're going to smile a gallon yeah, exactly. you're, you're going to swallow us a... A gallon of salt and, water and, or a lake water, whatever you're at. And, and the funny thing is, your first reaction is to hang on. Uh huh. It is. I, I don't I don't know why, well, but but my it's, first it's weird. And this is this is crazy. So this is going back when I was 18 years old up at Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, with my cousin Dan. My cousin Dan, okay, Ed was uh, known for getting me in trouble. Okay, you know how everybody's got yeah. a cousin like that. Uh, you know, my cousin would be Ed. Ed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, my cousin was Dan. <laughs> yeah. So, Ed Malin, Ed. Uh, yeah, so we're out on the lake, and Eve wants to teach me how to barefoot water ski. And, of course, you know, the, he's trying to be funny. Size of them feet, you should be able to barefoot, no problem. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Oh, no. And I said, well, I said, I can mm. tell you this. I said, if you can barefoot water ski, I can. Mm. You know how that oh, is. Oh, yeah. You, know. you go first. Whatever you can do, I can do better mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And uh, so I, you know, I'm on one ski, and I pull the – yeah, I'm on slalom. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you oh, would yeah. be like that. All right, so I pull the uh, the rear foot out of the ski, lay it down in the water, and so now you just have to pick up, you know, dig, let the 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 toe of the slalom ski dig in real quick, and then pull your foot out right. and set your other foot down. And so I did. I pulled, you know, suck, uh, sunk the front of the ski, popped my foot out of the out of the one single ski, and then put it down, and I'm I'm barefoot right and then hit something go to fall forward let go of the rope okay i got that part down but then i tried to dive in oh okay well you're going like 35 miles an hour plus to barefoot yeah yeah so when you try to dive in your first part of your torso no your first part of your torso will go into the water right but your legs and your stomach and your feet and your toes want to keep going. End over end. Yeah, so my upper body went into water. My uh, back and, and rear end and everything tried to continue on and folded me the way you're not meant to be folded. Right. And I, my, my cousin Dan, before we were going to do this, he, he said, here, put this life jacket on. I said, nah, I don't need it. And uh, well, I, he said, no, put it on. I said, all right, I'll put it on. So I did. I'm laying in the water, and all I can do is, right, gone. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. And I'm 18 years old, and I'm sitting there, first thing I thought of, I almost didn't put that life jacket on. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, what, what, a, what a dumb moment for, so if you're listening out there, 18-year-old, 
Mm-hmm. Put the jacket on. Yeah. Put the yeah, jacket we had, on. We had the, yeah. we had the vests on. Yeah. Thanks, so my, Ed. But here, here's, hold on. Here's okay. one real quick one. Yeah. Another one I have. When I was in the Navy, we were in France. We pulled into a port, and uh, they had the ski nautique boats right there in this harbor we were in. And, of course, we're in France, and there's the, uh, they have the beautiful girls in the bikinis walking up and down, selling the beer up and down the beach. Hey, and did they shave their armpits parties, at that time in, in France? Yeah, Don't ruin did. the story. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> just, no. just asking. <laughs> Come on, but man. One of, my, one of my buddies paid for the ski trip. They were going to launch you right off the dock. And they could, these ski nautiques could pull three people at a time. Well, the first time they tried to pull, he got scared and let go, and he didn't want to go. He goes, you can take my spot. I already paid for it. So I took his spot, and we're pulling behind the ski nautique. And sure enough, the girl in the boat takes her top off. There you go. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a good story. It's, the, it's France. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Oh. He, yeah, he, he takes her top off, and believe me, she was fine. And uh, <laughs> so he paid he paid. He paid for the ski trip, but I got to do it. Oh. Man, you just you, you wish you had cell phone I'm, I'm cameras. Glad you, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that you added that story, Ed. Yeah, Thanks. that was the, that was the best snap, one. All we had were snapshots back then. We did this. Yeah, that's this right. Was uh, 1989. <laughs> 1989. So, thank all you, right, Ed. Guys, right, buddy. Nice talking to you. Yeah. Thanks for letting me on. See take you. care. Appreciate God it. Yeah, good all luck right. with your wife. <laughs> let's take a break you'll love that story hey and uh folks uh if you're in the market for a new vehicle the nimnik family of dealerships you get uh, a best price guarantee can't be beat and then you're going to get treated the nimnik family way and uh if you're wondering how good is that well look uh nimnik chevrolet won chevy dealer of the year six times five years in a row okay i'll give you an idea of how they treat their customers and they can treat you that way as well. All you got to do is go to nimnickchevy.com or nimnickbuickgmc.com. We'll be right uh, back right after this right here on the Nimnick Family of Dealerships Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnick Family of Dealerships. Uh Outdoor show. It's time now for the LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week. Mm-hmm. LV Hires supplies quality fuels and lubricants all across the Southeast. And if you've got a business or if you have a uh, private ranch or farm or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're looking to help your bottom line, all you got to do is go to lvhires.com to learn more and how. LV Hires, Inc. can help you with all your fuel and lubricant needs. All right, this week's tip comes from Mr. Chris. Well, looky there. Yeah, so um, my garage. Yes, your yes. garage. Yes. My my garage and and uh, a bunch of uh, – I was – well, here's the situation. I was moving some stuff around in my garage and mm-hmm. happened to spill – some oil. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And yeah. And so I had nothing to absorb it, uh, absorb it with. And mm-hmm. so I was, and so I was looking for oil dry cause that's, you know, what I've gone to in the past. So I, I run to the big old box store and they had no oil dry. So I was like, oh, crap, what am I going to do now? Well, then I saw this Zep stuff. Uh, it's Zep, uh, anti spill <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, you know, it has oil listed in there, a bunch of other stuff. I was like, okay, I'll try it. 
Holy cow, this stuff is good. It's like, um, you know how oil oil dry is like crumbly kind of? Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, this stuff is like snow. Mm. It's like snowflakes. Okay. And and so it doesn't scratch anything. It's like really soft, easy to push around. And, and all you do is put it around the outside and then brush your way in. And then it just gradually absorbs it. Sweep it up, suck it up, gone. Cool it, stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. It's not that expensive either. And no, yeah. six bucks for a big old bag of it. So right. I, you know, highly recommend it as an as an oil dry alternative. And uh, and we have kind of a dual LV Hires Inc. Yeah. Gear Tip of the Week here. We uh, the other one uh, that we wanted to talk about. And Kevin, I actually will uh, give you a, a, another option. But you're yeah a backpack sprayer. In somebody's yard, or if you have a little piece of property, a backpack sprayer can do more good than you can possibly imagine, yeah. whether it's spraying for insects or Roundup or spraying for herbicides, whatever. Yep. A little backpack sprayer that is, uh, uh, and I will say, don't buy the ones that are battery powered if, because for most people, you're not going to use it enough to make it worthwhile. I totally agree And the with cost that. is yep. prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have a a Chapin C H A P I N yep. sprayer. Yeah, it's it, and and here's the funny thing is, we've had other sprayers that either somebody left at the property or let us borrow or this one is is probably ten years old, and it still works. It, it's outlasted all the other ones. I mean, it is such a good sprayer. Uh, but we use it like we said, Jeff, spraying the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, I sprayed. I, you know, I I I, I mowed my bank down to my pond and I wanted to get rid of the weed. So I'd used it for, for that. It's four gallons. And you know, now the, the one thing that I will tell you is when you go to put those shoulder straps on, it's much easier to like put it on the tailgate yes. and back up to it. Yes. And, and, and slide totally do, agree. Do, do not try to pick it up and put one arm in. And Unless one you want to bust your shoulders up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But four, ga- four gallons is it's about eight pounds a, ga- a gallon of right. liquid. So you're looking at 32 pounds plus the weight of, of, of the, the sprayer, sprayer which right. is about five. You know, right. So you're looking at trying to pick up 40, 45 plus pounds. With one shoulder. And trying to right. get it on your shoulders. It, Kevin, you're exactly right. Put it on the tailgate mm-hmm. or put it on something else. Relift it up, yep. put it on the tailgate, and then back into it. Yep. Uh, I personally like the solo sprayers. But it's probably the same kind. It probably is. It's a diaphragm yes. pump. Uh, the Solo Professional, which is one I have, and uh, it comes with an upgraded shoulder strap system. Okay. Which, They're not that expensive either. I mean, you call $89 and you can get them well, at Ace the, Hardware. The professional one that I that I get, which I get mine from Forestry Supplies, mm-hmm. uh, is a uh, it's called a, a Solo Model 475B Professional. Mm-hmm. And it has the upgraded strap system on it, which uh, has a part that goes around your waist and straps. And you can actually buy, Kevin, if you wanted to. You could, you could buy, buy the bottom strap. Just the, you could buy no. You could buy the whole strap system. Okay, we we just replaced the straps on this one, but yeah, I I, I like that bottom piece. Really nice. Yeah, yeah. I like that because it's, it's got a waist buckle and a chest buckle yep. to hold the backpack on, and it's padded. So uh, so anyway, uh, there's your LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week. A little zep to clean up the spills in the garage, and a, a backpack sprayer to handle all kinds of things. Yes, you know because a lot of times people are paying for somebody to come and spray your yard. Spray it yourself. Uh, yeah, some spraying for insects. Spray it yourself. Yeah, it's easy. All right, let's uh, let's go to the phone lines and bring up uh, Mr. Noel Coon this morning. Morning, Noel. 
Morning, Noel. Man, it's Pompano time. <laughs> it is Pompano time. That's that. that, that <laughs> there has been some Pompano caught around the St. Augustine Inlet. The water, Jeff Kirk, is gin clear. Mm. I mean, well, obviously, if there's flying fish in there, yeah, you know, you can you can imagine that but, east but, winds doing yeah. a good job of cleaning water up. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, it was amazing on Wednesday. I I don't think I've ever seen it any cleaner. It, it looked like Bahama blue. It was nice. Beautiful. And of, of course, I want to ask you if this has ever happened to you when you're guiding that you not knowing it, but your customer tightens the drag down all the way. Oh, yes. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my customers on Wednesday. Uh, after we finished fishing, we fished at Marine Land, we caught some pompano, we caught some whiting, <clears throat> and I had a shark rod out all morning, but mm-hmm. no avail, but they left, I got all my rods still in the water, thanked them, sent them back to the airport, headed back to Chicago, but I was there about 10 minutes, and I turned around, and one of my rods and one of my sand spikes are gone. Uh-oh. I, and I looked in the surf, it looked like a water ski. <laughs> Oh Lord! Headed for headed for Bermuda. They had tightened the drag down all the way. And how do I know that? Because if you've never seen a sixty-five-year-old fat man sprint, it was amazing. <laughs> Did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> I got it by the butt cap in the second wave. I was getting ready to dive into the wave to grab it and picked it up. It bowed up and snapped. So the shark finally ate through the sixty-pound mono. But yeah. That was quite exciting. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I've had them. <clears throat> Kirk, back me up on this. But, you know, the, the, the worst one is it's spinning reel. Redfish is taking line. They grab the spool. Yeah, they cut the spool. Yeah. It's I like, well, had what that happen the other doing? day. Yeah, yeah. Don't they, touch that. Don't touch that. Let him go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They want yeah. to do it. He was getting yep. away. No. Hey, hey no. Um, just asking a quick question here because uh, – you offer guided surf fishing trips, mm-hmm. okay, to teach people how to surf fish, and right. uh, and and your website is it still up and running? The surfangler dot com. Yes, the surfangler dot com. Yes, okay, sir. because I don't know if it's my computer or your website. I'm trying to click on it and it ain't working. Oh, well, every about once every two years. My server or whoever that is in the cloud uh, has a brain fart and it shuts down. I call them. So thanks for the tip. I'll, yes, uh, I'll that sounds kind of familiar. Too. Yeah, it does. Yeah, we've had, we uh, we know that problem very well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just That's a heads up. So I'll throw your number out there real quick. So since people don't uh, can't get to your website, what's your phone number? Certainly, area code nine zero four nine four five zero. Six six zero. Once again, nine zero four nine four five zero six six zero. All right. Uh, also, uh, do, do, the other question that I have before before we take a break: the surf fishing is it at its best right now? Yeah, it's just uh, there's two best times of the year in the spring run when they get here, which is happening right now. I'm headed to the beach as we speak, and then. The mullet run, which is mid-August, through, it goes through October. But mm-hmm. as far as just straight up pompano and whiting, yes. Right now, probably for the next 30, maybe 60 days. Gotcha. Thanks, Noah. All right. So I, how about a tip of the week? You're yeah, ready? let's give yeah. it to us. All right. 
uh, fish bites. Instead of buying the long pieces that are pre-cut, buy the ones that cut in strips and cut them in a three-quarter inch long piece. But more importantly, what I came up with is I take my scissors and round off the corners. Now it's the exact shape of a sand flea. Okay, so so wait a minute. You're taking you're cutting the own fish bites. You said how yeah. long? Three quarters of an inch. Three, three quarters of an inch. How wide? Uh, well, it comes in it comes in long, strips. There's two ways to buy it. Yeah, I know, They're, but you can buy them in big strips. You can buy them in big squares. So give me an uh, idea. Long, yeah, the long strips are called easy, like easy flea or easy clam. Okay. So it's a, it's about they come in three quarter. About half inch wide, long strip. Okay, so half inch by three quarters inch, and make it kind of oval, like an egg shape, to make it look like a sand flea, or a big clam. Yep, there's nothing in the ocean that's rectangular, so round off the corners, and it's real <laughs> clear water like we're having. Makes sense. Now <laughs> well, look, and I, I who who knows if the fish give yeah. <laughs> give a damn. I don't know, but it, it makes you feel confident. That's what I was thinking, if it makes yeah. you feel good, do it. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. good stuff. Thanks. Good tip. Thank you, Thanks, Noel. Noel. All right, guys. Fisherman. Crazy. And uh, and if that doesn't work, soak it in Diet Coke. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, yeah it, I mean, that that's proven to work. It's absolutely proven to work. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why. Yeah. I, I can tell you this. Diet Coke ain't worth a darn a drink. I mean, so you got to be good for yeah, something. Yeah. 641 if you want to give us a call right here on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show, brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. It started way back in third so my, my pops was in town, like I was saying earlier, and uh, my dad's not exactly the most, uh, what's the right word, fashionable person. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Doesn't care anymore. No, he don't uh, care. You know, he's got jeans and shoes and shirts that he's had for, you know, 30 years. Oh, yeah, they're sure. comfortable. <laughs> sure. Yeah, he's comfortable in his own skin. And that's he's fine. Like, yeah. But I said, Dad... We're going to dress you up. I'm going to take care of you today. Mm-hmm. He said, what do you mean? He said, I'm going to, I told him, I said, I'm going to take you to Hagen Coastal Outfitters. <laughs> I knew that was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got the Hey Dude shoes That's right. Yeah. yeah. He's styling. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so we roll up into Hagen Coastal Outfitters at the Mandarin location and uh, got him a, a uh, this Howler shirt, long sleeve button up, you know, real lightweight fabric. Ooh. Which was sweet. Oh, Got him no. a two pack of Saks underwear. Oh, the two pack. Okay, yeah. with the old nice. straight day. pocket. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, have you ever tried? I mean, did you see his underwear before you bought him new no. ones? No. Okay, I, I but I just I figured that if you look at the outside <laughs> right, and you right, judge okay. the inside no, from just, the outside, yeah. the the inside yeah. might be okay. worse. Yeah, <laughs> pushing the envelope. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Right. And he, I wanted to get him a pair of Hey Dudes. We got him a pair of Hey I Dudes, yeah. of course. Yeah. He said he's never heard of those kind of shoes before. And I was like, all right. So so to cap it off, I said, pick out a pair of shorts. Have you guys ever tried the Free Fly clothing? No. Nope. You have not? No. no. The Free Fly clothing, the fabric mm-hmm. is like so soft and comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mm-hmm. No joke. The uh, that camo shirt that you yes. got, yeah. you might want to check the label. I think I think that might be free oh, fly. It's awesome. Isn't that yeah. comfortable? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
So they have long free fly pants with that real soft, comfortable fabric. So my dad head to toe complete outfit from Hagen Coastal Outfitters, and he was looking sharp, looking sharp. on the draft night because he wore that whole outfit for the right. draft. And I was okay. like, man, look at you, Pop. So he went with you to the draft? Yeah, That's yeah. Great. he went and hung out with me at Downham Stadium at the uh, Duval draft party, so we had a good time. But, yeah, I mean, completely outfitted head to toe at Hagen Coastal Outfitters. Pretty so, cool. <laughs> In other, I, words, in other words, you were maybe a little embarrassed. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Now, he had decent clothes, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, seriously, when I say I this, my dad didn't just, I mean, he just wears whatever. Put on, whatever you feel And like. I swear to God, his, his grandson, my son, same, same way. Same way, yeah. I mean, I'm like, dude, you two guys are like two peas in a pod. <laughs> yeah, just comfortable. Yeah. But uh, that can all be fixed at Hagen Coastal Outfitters. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Chris has got an Alaska story for us. Morning, Chris. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, you were talking a little while ago what it must be like for a deer in the yellow flies. Well, um, a few summers ago in July, I was up in Alaska, and we were salmon fishing. And the snow up there doesn't totally melt, you know, so there's large patches on the side of these mountains. And I'm fishing, I look up at the side of the mountain, and it's just moving. And I ask our guide, who's also our pilot, I said, what is going on? He goes, oh, those are the caribou. He said, they will go stand on these patches of snow, which are, some are, you know, an acre large, shoulder to shoulder to get in that cool air to keep the uh, yellow flies off of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and had I had a 270, I think he could have taken three or four out with a single shot. But <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty pretty impressive how they dealt with it up there, you know. But, so are those uh, yellow flies or are those black flies? I think they're black flies. Actually, yeah, they're okay. nasty. Yeah, uh, they they call them doctor flies in the Bahamas. They can bite through jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I thought I'd pass that on. Yeah. How how animals how survive it up there. Yeah. yeah, I, I just you remember. Guys have a great day. Thanks, buddy. Thank, thank you, Chris. I, I don't remember. I don't, I don't know if they're the same or not. But when I was in Canada bear hunting, this was back in, gosh, I want to say ninety two, ninety three, and in your adventurous days. Well, me and my uncle went up there, uh-huh. and well, a black bear hunt, and they said uh, this was kind of before bug tamers. Right. And, and this is stuff. a spring hunt. Yeah, spring yeah, bear spring, hunt. Yeah, okay. Spring bear hunt. Yep. And, of course, the, they said that the bugs were terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> we didn't have all these advanced bug tamer mm-hmm. suits and all that. You had, like, a head net that you could put on, and then you just had to wear clothing. Well, I had plenty of clothing, and they, you, they would, you would use tape, like some type of duct tape, to duct tape all the seams. So, like, where your cuffs went to your gloves, to where your... Uh, pant legs went mm-hmm. to your ankles. You use tape to close every possible mm-hmm. way that this a, a fly could get into your clothing. And so I, I I think I'm good, you know. And I'm a little hot because it's warm and you're taped and you got mm-hmm. clothes on. And I'm sitting there and I'm on the bear stand. It's probably 30 minutes in after the guy left, and all of a sudden I'm like, mm, mm, and I'm itching <laughs> in my crotch. I'm like, what the heck is going on? That's not good. I had a button fly fly instead of a zipper fly. So these black flies were getting into my (laughs) 
private part area <laughs> through the button fly. Oh, no. That's not good. And uh, yeah, so that was woof. I made sure the next day that I had tape all around that button fly. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Frank wants to talk about a little fishing tournament, maybe that's coming yeah. up with that Noel is uh, putting on. Morning, Frank. Hey, good morning, guys. I actually, it was just uh, I've used Noel a few times, and uh, I've got some pretty good stories of, of fishing with him. I wouldn't mind sharing with you guys because the guy's awesome, by the way. Yeah, he's a heck of a fisherman. Yeah. So uh, the first, well, one of the, I think the first time I used him, it was just a blustery, lousy November day, and I'm saying to myself, you know what? If it was just me going, I wouldn't be fishing. Today right. Because I hate fishing in the wind. Right. So anyway, we go to Varn Park. I don't know if you guys know where that. No, this wasn't Varn. This was um, Surfside, I think, uh, up there by Volano. Sure. Yeah. Long story short, uh, with Noel, I think we used to chop off, chopped off head of uh, something, but caught right around a seven foot black tip. Yep. The thing jumped three times. Uh, <laughs> it was just an amazing experience. There's absolutely no way I would have ever caught anything like that without Noel's guidance. And it, he, I think he said it was the second biggest fish one of his clients ever caught at the time. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And then the last time I used him, which was maybe a little over a year ago, we're, this time we're at Varn Park down in Flagler. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's such a professional. He's got like six or seven lines set up. He's always got the big shark line up. And we're catching Pompano, and we're having a good time and everything. And then it's about time to, to wrap it up. And all of a sudden, one of the uh, rods just bends, and it's screaming. So I'm running down, and I'm grabbing it. And I'm, oh, I'm like, oh, my God, feel the power of this thing. And he's just shaking his head. I'm like, what? And he's just shaking. I'm like, dude, this is all. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you shaking your head for? Like, like. And he's like, it's the wrong line, dude. He's like, it's not the shark line. It's taking it. He goes if it, and then with the different color lines. I guess he yeah. said he's like, if it hits the the green, that's not good. Yeah. And if it hits the black, it's, it's over. Yeah. And I'm holding it. I'm like, and then he goes, "There's the green." And then he goes, "It's over." Snap. <laughs> Thing just took up. But what what an experience. The guy's awesome. Uh, I would highly recommend anyone else use him that's because cool. he's a true professional, and uh, it's just an amazing. You'll learn so much just from one trip with him. The guy's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great concept. Surf, surf fishing charters. I mean, really seriously. It's, it's yeah. Well, it's what, I, what I love about it, look, a lot of people are new to the area, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't have boats or access. And mm-hmm. I mean, surf fishing, you can do it for free, right, without a license. Yes. Yep. And, and it, I think you can. Can you? Can you? you I think you, you might need a you license for surf fish fishing but, without you know, a fishing license, okay. right? But you can fish, right? Without a license, surf fishing. I, I thought I, surf fishing was for free, but anyway, yeah, anyway, yeah. we always say buy a license yes, anyway. Exactly. Even if but the best part about surf fishing is that it's relaxing. It's uh, you can catch some wonderful fish to eat because the whiting that you're catching on the surf are fantastic eating, mm-hmm. and it's easy, and it doesn't cost a lot of money uh, to get outfitted to do surf no, fishing. It's, it, absolutely not. And when you go with him, things happen that normally don't when you're fishing on your own. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like there's more fish in the water, more things. It's just, it's an awesome experience. So anyone who uh, wants to take a surf fishing guide trip, uh, Noel's an expert, and uh, he will find a fish, and it's a lot of fun. And when you're done, you feel instantly like you're a better fisherman. That's, it out that's good stuff. Thanks, Frank. You got it, guys. All right, buddy. Great yep. show. Bye-bye. Yeah. I would... And the, and the crazy thing is, is that most people think that when you go surf fishing, that you have to have this surf fishing rod. I agree. That, okay, it's a nine-foot rod, and it's got a big reel, and no. I mean, no. if you buy a 
six and a half foot spinning rod that mm-hmm. can be used for inshore fishing. You can use the same setup for surf fishing. Totally agree. And the whole sand spike thing, you don't need a sand spike. I mean, would it be nice if you wanted to fish a couple rods? Sure. But you don't need the sand spike. You don't need a surf you know, So So I have a little tiny tackle box, egg sinkers, some kale hooks. That's it. You know, swivel, maybe maybe yeah. a little bit of fluorocarbon. And then one and then, little cooler with some ice and some fresh uh, dead shrimp. Yeah, and, and 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 or I always all of my stuff fits in a five gallon bucket, mm-hmm. including my little like five foot cast net. Yeah, and, and it's so simple. I mean, and and I use you know, so I'll have a little water in there. I'll use the five gallon bucket as my rod holder. Mm-hmm. You know, you just with water in it, you just set it in there, and you're you're good. You know, but I I totally agree with you. I use all of my inshore stuff, uh, half ounce egg sinker. Mm-hmm. You know. 20-pound fluorocarbon, a 2-watt kale hook, and, and and you do not have to throw it 100 yards. A lot of times the no. fish are right behind the breakers. No, a lot so, of times if you yeah. throw it way out there, you're actually throwing over the fish. Yeah. Yes, That's absolutely. Right. So, and it, it's it's so fun to do. And, and the one thing, too, is that you can, if you go online, and maybe this this will be a... So, can I give you an update on the, the license? Yes. Yes, our, our buddy Harold, our outdoor show yes expert expert um he said you need a shoreline license but it's free yes you okay. just yeah that's what i thought it was okay. free yep. but the uh if you go online and maybe we can do this as a ring power tip next week you can tie your own fish finder surf rigs oh yeah in no time yeah and yeah. once you learn it's it's really easy to make it's real simple it's, a, it's about as simple as it gets yeah and yeah. so if, if you just buy you know pack of hooks from strike zone those mm-hmm. two octales that you're talking about yep and then if you wanted to spice it up, you can put the beads on there, too, which are a little bit of an attractant, I think, for the pompano, they say. Mm-hmm. I don't ever use them. I don't use them. Um, and then just, you know, the ability to swap out the lead weights on the bottom. I mean, it's easy. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's just, just what Dole talked I, about, too. I, I, the, yeah. the, the, the addition of the fish bites is... Use that. Use yeah, that. then you don't need the fresh dead shrimp. Right, exactly. I like using fresh dead me shrimp, too. you know. It just gives me a little confidence. But the fish bite will work. Mm-hmm. Fish bites has worked for years. You have to trim them into the shape of, of an a egg. sand flea. Yeah. Of a sand flea. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> 904-641-1010 if somebody would like to join in via the phone line. And don't forget, you're listening to the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. <laughs> Wake up. Wake up. You're in the market for a Cadillac. We all know there's only one place to go, and that's Claude Nolan Cadillac, located on Southside Boulevard, just north of JTB. And if you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle, just go in there and tell them what you're looking for. They, they may don't not have just have Cadillacs. No, no, no. I've not, I've bought that's seven right. vehicles from there. Ain't well, I bought one Cadillac. All the others were not Cadillacs. So see, yeah. you can get anything. You can get anything at Claude Nolan Cadillac. Mm. Get a smart car. A smart car. I don't know why you'd want a smart car. The the smart cars are like clown cars. They're they're like roller skates. They're big roller skates. Mid- yeah, Jeff, mini, you could actually wear one on your left foot. <laughs> Probably could. Probably could. Mm-hmm. So so this week when uh, it was interesting because Kirk, you talk about about the dredging and in water, and right. we had to call about the river and how it can have a little bit of a, a stain to it. It's interesting, too, when you try to – and you get into a body of water, what's the first thing that you look at? If you're Like if you're artificial fishing, 
okay, which is what I do a lot of. Mm-hmm. When you launch your kayak or launch your boat, what's the first thing, if you're throwing artificial baits, what's the first thing you look at to figure out what you're going to throw? Water clarity? Yeah, I do Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Same thing. Yeah. Now, if the water is stained, where do your colors typically go? Root beer. Okay. Yeah, Cut. I go dark. Darker? Yeah. Isn't that weird? It is weird. I know. It doesn't Isn't that make kind sense. of contradictory yes. to what you would think? Mm-hmm. Right? You would think that, okay, if the water's stained, I want to go to a brighter color so they can see it. Mm-hmm. That's not it. No, it's not. <laughs> well, and a lot of times, too, I, not only are you looking watercolor and in clarity, but you're also looking for whatever's swimming around. If I see silver mullet going around and I'm throwing like a bomber long A or, or a mirror lure, I will look at those fish when they go by. And if they're lit up and they're real silver, I'll throw a silver. But if they're not and they, they show a little bit of dark tendency to it on their backs, I'll search through the box until I find one with a black so, stripe. Or I wonder something. why that is, though. I mean, just, just from, from a science standpoint, why do you typically go darker with color, the darker or stain, more stain the water, and then on the other end of that, when the water is clear, you're going to the brighter whites and silvers when well, it's the, the water same, is clear? The same thing you see with the fish. Like if I go out to the jetties, for instance, the other day when I was catching a handful of reds, I can always tell the difference between the reds that have been in the ocean in clear water for a while yeah. and the ones that have been up in the river. Mm-hmm. If I catch one that is orange mm-hmm. and just dark red, I know that redfish has been way up in that dark water, way up the river, and just came out to the ocean. <laughs> if they're real silver and washed out kind of white, those are the ones that have been in the ocean. So had a trip on Wednesday with Doug, Travis, Doug Winslow, Travis Tabor. Mm-hmm. And Doug went old school on me. Old school... Broke out the terrorize. Really? You know, it's funny oh you God. say that, dude. They still make them, dude. This he, he wore Travis out. Here's the funny thing, this really? te- Kirk. It's night. It's unbelievable. The trout bite, the ladyfish, the jacks, just just everything. It's that is the damnedest bait. And why we quit throwing it, I have no idea. I so I have, you, a, I have a question. Yeah, look at, I have look a question look, about that. Yeah. Okay. So so with these, you know, kind of I. I I'm not going to call them gimmicky, but you get what I'm saying. You yeah. know, these highly specialized yeah. kind of things, right? Right. That, that are like trendy. Okay. And then, you, so so this thing, everybody's throwing it and then people stop. Yep. And they go away from it. And yep. then they move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then they come back to, is it, do you think that the fish, they kind of remember what that thing is and then begin to no. avoid it? No. 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 no it's I, marketing. It's all marketing. Yeah, yeah, the banjo well, meadow, you know. Yeah, that's, I get that. Yeah, yeah, but but this this bait is the damnedest bait. It it it, it works. I it mean, does, that's well, all the terrorize and the terrorize came out what twenty years ago. Oh yeah, easy plus. No, because I was I was working on the other show, so that's twenty nine years, years ago. Twenty eight, twenty nine years, 28, 29 years yep. ago. Yep. Well, I was chuckling when you said terrorize because Leon. Captain Leon Dana sent me a picture mm-hmm. of what he was using because he'd sent me some pictures of, of a snook mm-hmm. that he had caught somewhere. I don't know exactly where he was at. I mean, I know, but I'm not going to say. And so I said, what baits were you using? So he sends me a picture of four rods that have baits on it. Yep. 
and one of them had a terrorize. Absolutely, that's where that 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 was with Doug. And I was like, yep. "Are you kidding me?" Yep, absolutely. That's awesome. So now, mm-hmm. but when that first came out, like a lot of people used it, right? It, um, um, no, not really. No, 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 no. no. It, now, did it? We, we used it. We we loved it. We loved the terrorize and root beer color. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It was like money, and, and so and I can promise you that I'm going to figure out where they're, they're to selling, get some. Uh, to and get so, some. why did you stop using it? Um, the next great bluers came out. Yeah, and gulps and, came out. You know, and, and and the other thing is, Chris, it's it's a lot of times for a charger captain, it's hard for people to throw artificials. They don't understand it. Sure, and there's certain sure. techniques right. with each, and and, yeah. and and literally, if 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 you got a guy that doesn't even know how to throw a spinning rod. It's much easier for him to just throw a shrimp, a live shrimp out there. Right, because the you're letting the shrimp do the work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but why we totally got away from it is 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 beyond me. I, I can tell you that that uh, he threw this thing, but basically all day until he lost it. That's awesome. You know? Yeah, hmm. is this still called the terrorize? It, it is, and, and and I don't know if you guys have seen the snook pictures in the last ten days. I have. It's. From, it's, it's remarkable from different people from, from different people yes. different parts of the water i mean it, mm-hmm. it's it's um it there's been a lot of snook eaten this week i can tell you that there's been a lot of big fish caught wow. which is which is really i cool. saw a picture of a fella that looked like grizzly adams uh-huh. that had a snook mm-hmm. that was somewhere close to town yeah and uh, you know who I'm talking about? You probably I, I got so. that same picture. Yeah. I mean, had a beard, looked like would make Santa Claus jealous. <laughs> I mean, Kurt. Huh. Interesting. I mean, it must have taken him years to grow this beard. I mean, and who, here, who are we talking about? Mike Hayes' son-in-law. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't get that picture. You didn't get that picture? No, I didn't get that picture. Oh man, I, I I'm is kinda, it better than my beard? Is it better? Uh, it's. Chris, it it would make your beard. I mean, you don't, know, don't hurt my feelings. If I put up <laughs> scale of one to ten, you know, as far as like the the size and the and the girth of the beard, you would be a. You're probably like a five ish. Okay, one being like me. Okay, I'm real tight, right? Yeah, you're a five. You're long. You're uh, look, getting on, you. on your way to ZZ top. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Mike's son-in-law, I believe it is, is full blown. Way beyond ZZ Top. Just oh, let it oh go. Oh, dear. Like, like down to the like belt? Spat, spat. Like, whoa. Yeah, just everywhere. <laughs> oh, is it puffing out over his whole head? Uh, it's huge. It's like a it's like a chin afro. Um, is it one of those? Can, well, he's well-groomed with it. It's, oh, okay. He's, he's not right. sloppy, Well, that's good. That's good. That's, but good. It's, that's the key. But it's massive. Mm. And I'm sitting there going, do you, you know, when you get out of the shower, do you have to blow dry your beard? I do. Too? You do? Oh, yeah. 100%. That's, Did you get that picture, Jeff, of 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 Doug with that terrorize? Uh, right here, look in front of you. Oh, by the way, they do still make them. DOA yes. still makes them. Yes, great picture. Great yeah. picture. Got big snook too. Big snook. DOA makes a whole bunch of those, all kinds of different colors. Yep, that's and, yep, yep, yep. That's dude, the name where, of the Where company. can you buy them at? Can you buy them on Amazon? I'm sure you just go online and buy them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if DOA sells them, you know, if I mean, if they're making them, I mean, there's like. Leon gets him in strike zone. Yeah, there That's you cool. go. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Listen, there's I, I there's dozens of Should've different known. colors of them. Yeah. I mean, strike zone carries everything. And and uh, Chip Wingo brings this up too. They they make a they make different size. Yeah, tiny terrorize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it, the it, small one. Yeah. It, but not but, the dinky one. But the, the bigger tiny. one, the yeah. bigger one is one hell of a tarpon bait. Yeah. How about that? What Great. color? What color for tarpon? Um, chartreuse. 
I would I would think so. Yeah. Chip 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 does more of that Chip. than I do. And Chip. Yeah, you can get yeah. them anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you get them online. Yeah, it's a great bait. Yeah, terrorize it's, it's, DOA. It's 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 uh, it really is. It's it's totally different. You know, whenever you're thinking about hooking the bait through the plastic body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's a little different. Oh, it doesn't like Chris though. It looks a little bit like yeah. Chris. So yeah. I, I uh. Uh, so I'm showing these guys a, the picture, the beard, of this snook. Chris, yeah. come over here real okay. quick, I'm okay? Because we, we got to get your opinion on this beard. That beard needs some help. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Chip said purple, purple for tarpon. Yeah. Yeah. He. Okay. he, he that, <laughs> is that not that massive? Beard, that beard I mean, that's needs a massive beard. That just needs help. That's, I mean, literally, he does that again. He doesn't need a sunshade on the whole front of his neck, no. going all the way around to the side. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> well, I, I have Kevin's got a what goatee. You what? got a goatee, and I got a goatee. Mm-hmm. That's that's neck that's neck hair. That's, that's yeah, neck that's, hair. That's neck hair. Yeah, it's it's all the way down to his. <laughs> you know what yeah, that? You know what Adam's that is? Apple. I know nobody with a razor. That's what that is. I I don't know where to get yeah. a razor. So yeah. what, wonder, I wonder if he has hair on his head. You know, because a lot of those guys it migrates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, let's let's go to the phone lines, Jeff. Uh, before before we Papa take a break. G talk to Papa G this morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, morning, buddy. morning Papa G. Hey man, how doing? Good, good, good. good. Glad good. you're back. Listen, man. Back to back. There we go. Listen, I got a long story, but I'm gonna try to make it short. Uh, that that barefoot. Uh, skin with the uh, logaman maybe think of some of the dumb things we do as kids mm-hmm. i gotta tell you man back in the I, I joined the navy under the late entry program in 1976 and uh, i was aboard a nuclear aircraft carrier the dwight d eisenhower and i got in pretty good with the cooks out there and i worked nights so i would uh, go up to my friend in the officer's mess and, and uh, get some lobster from him and fish off the tail end of it and catch some pretty good fish and uh, i'd trade them in for some wine and uh, not wine, I'm sorry, grape juice and yeast and uh, sugar and make my own wine aboard the carrier, which was, you know, a big taboo thing to do. But sure. I did it anyway. Yep. And we'd, we'd, we'd uh, drink that in the uh, in the uh, oxygen chamber there on the ship. Well, one night I didn't know this, but I guess pilots had to do so many night ops. And I didn't know that. And I was I was involved in greasing up the landing gear and the tail hooks and everything on the S-3 aircraft, which was a anti-submarine warfare aircraft. And they had a, a unique thing. You go up into the port side of the landing gear, and they had what they called the ECS compartment, which was about a two-foot by two-foot compartment where the mad boom was. And the mad boom is a magnetic anomaly detector where they drop the sonar buoys and all that stuff. Well, I got up in there one night, man, not knowing what I was doing, drinking that wine and having a good time. And all of a sudden, I had just worked nights. I had worked all night, and I kind of fell asleep. Uh-oh. Next thing I know, my head bumped the mad boom. I didn't know that they were doing flight ops that night. Well, they had towed this aircraft onto the onto the elevator, yes, sir, and 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 brought it up to the uh, to the flight deck, and it was taxiing over to to launch. And I didn't know what the world. What am I going to do now? You know. So here I am, a young kid at, at twenty years old. Full of wine, and, and just I'm wondering, this air boss is going to kill me. I don't want to launch with this aircraft in here, you know. So, so I crawled out of the ECS compartment, jumped out of the port side of the landing gear, and the and the air boss come up to me. They, they stopped flight operations, 
And thank God I still had my grease gun in my hand. He goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I left my grease gun up here, and I didn't want to damage the aircraft. So thank oh God they, 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 yeah, they walked, they walked me off there. I got out, I got out uh, safely. But uh, man, oh man, that oh. was quite an experience. So you know, it would be a, a good, a good show is uh, some of the dumb things we did at you know twenty or twenty one years old. I don't know. That'd be a that'd be a, a package of about four shows. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man, I've got I've got some stories I could tell you, but uh, that was that was one of the ones that uh, the, I uh, that yeah I'll never forget that moment. Yep. Hi, right, gentlemen. Thanks, Papa G. Young, young and dumb. Yep. I remember. This is terrible. We used to have competitions. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on because <laughs> yeah. I, I I gave you guys yep. one of my dumb moments. Right. Okay. I'll give you one more when we come back. So I want you guys to give me your dumbest moment in your young life. Does it does it have to be me? I mean, I was a part of it, but yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. Yeah, I, it's I, gonna I'm be a, you. It's yeah. yeah okay. It's better yeah, if you incriminate want, yourself. I don't want you to be uh, painting the picture on somebody else. No, 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 no. no. I was a part of it. I'll, I'll, I'll just right. hold it there. Yeah, All right. yeah. We'll, we'll come back. Yeah. Well, we're going to do a ring power tip, which is also kind of in yes. our LV Hires Inc. Your tip. We'll kind of refresh on that. Uh, and if you'd like to join in, 904-641-1010, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter. It's time now for the Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. And kind of did this earlier, but uh, Chris, the... Uh, what was the spill that you had in your garage? It was oil. From what? Uh, it was a, a you got a leaky quart of oil. Car? No, it was a quart of oil. No, I was I was putting in uh, I was removing a shelf, an old an old beat up shelf, and putting in actually it was one of the shelves that you gave me that you got out of your yeah, garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I was removing that, so I had to pull all the garbage out of there and then put the new shelf in and then you know stack everything back up and i had a quart of oil that had you know fallen over and started to spill yeah so so i didn't have any oil dry so i i stumbled upon this stuff at home depot zep uh anti-spill stuff and the consistency really is like snow it's like snowflakes and it's even white and huh. yeah, and really easy to apply. And you just uh, you circle the stain, the or the spill, whatever it is, and then and then you sweep in. You sweep the circle in, and then and then it sucks everything up into the middle, and then you you know sweep it. I up, always suck hate it up those granules when you pull up to the pump. Yeah, you they, know? They're yeah. Kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. They get all in your shoes. It's and, so and much better. Yeah. It's yeah. so much better. Yeah, yeah the uh, Zep makes some great products. One of the things that I love that they make it's this purple industrial strength degreaser mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep yep and uh i know that uh like for cleaning a bilge area man it's awesome yeah and because sometimes you get in the bilge area you might have a like a hydraulic uh power pole or has a little hydraulic tank you get a little leakage or you know you're you've got a uh two if if you run which you know mine was the old two cycle outboard yep. Yep. you have your oil tank back there and of course you get oil here and there but you've cleaned the bilge out you just take that zap purple discreet degreaser and spray oh, yeah. in your bilge and then you know spray it out mm-hmm. i mean it, that stuff works fantastic well mm-hmm. you, you need to do that too because a lot of times 
that compartment's closed all the time, and mildew will build up in there, and it'll start to mildew everything in there. So you got to oh, yeah. bleach out your bilge and your compartments yep. every once in a little while. A little bit of bleach with that purple yeah. Zep degreaser, man, is yeah. money. Very important. Go Zep. Go money. Zep. Very important. Ring power tip of the week. All right. Now, hey, next week, yep. we're, we're going to be down in St. Augustine. We are. Leaving me again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leaving what, me again. Whalen Bay. and Whalen Bay Marine with Chad and the boys. Yep. Yep, yep, and uh, I think that uh, some of the employees are going to be doing the cooking. They're going to bring their grills. All right, we like yeah, that. Yeah, we I know, like I, that. I know, I know that he, was my next question. Yeah, yeah. I know, for I, breakfast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They've got. They're going to do it right. I mean, it's 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 going to be. Fun. I mean, like Atlantic Coast Marine, right? Uh, I, I mean, man, that was that was fun. And, yeah, uh, and and then there, and then also just to, something to put on the calendar is it, it, you. I, I can't tell you how many people come up to me on the boat and they're taking pictures and they're like, will you start that engine? <laughs> the new yeah, the diesel. So yeah. we're, 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 we're going to be doing a demo day on, on May 19th. That's Friday from one to three. Oh, cool. And, and ring power is going to be serving some food. And, and Where's uh, the demo at? At Comanche Cove at okay. the fuel dock. So if you want to come down and, uh, and check out the Valentino and check out the Cox Marine diesel outboard. Uh, we've, uh, we've, we've been doing some fine tuning and I, I believe we've got it to the point to where it's really good. Which, uh, the, the, the diesel outboard technology is very new. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. diesel technology is not new, but Correct. diesel in an outboard is mm-hmm. new. We're going to have somebody on from Cox. Yep. Pat Bucci. Pat Bucci. Yep. Okay, and, and who is he, and what does he's, he do? He's running that that division, the the, the Cox okay. division. Yep, for Ring Power. Now, who who? Okay, so does is Cox its own company? Yeah, Cox Cox engines are made in the UK. Okay, and then and then Ring Power has been a been a part. But of, this is a developing technology. These are very new. Yes. Okay. Yep. I mean, and, you know, let's let's honestly, my my boat was they they had some demos, but my boat was the first boat to actually have the engine. Huh. You know, so right. and, and it's it like I said, we it's been fun being a part of it because you know you, they're all the time, you know, calling me going, what do you th- you know what, what's what this do doing? What, do? what do we need to do and Tweak and or whatever and, and and I took a video and I I'll show you guys the video of of fuel mileage. So at twenty three hundred RPMs, I'm doing right around twenty three twenty four knots. And I videoed it, and I'm getting which it, which just give people. A, a, I want to stop you right there. Oh. Okay, 2300 RPMs, 2400 RPMs, and you're going 23 or 24 knots. Correct. Okay, give people an idea. If you're going 2300 or 2400 RPMs in a gasoline outboard, how fast are you going, Kirk? I have no idea. I mean, ballpark a dynamo. 26. 27 20 knots. Mile, no, like 20 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah, I would say 20. You, know, you got to get it up you're not to 3,000. Yeah, you got to hit very... about 3,500 to yeah. get, it, get it moving. I so, mean, so you're, you're, you're asking, you got to get a lot more RPMs oh, yeah. in a gas motor to get the same miles per hour that you're talking about with the diesel. But, the, but then again, the diesel is that lower RPM, has that's where the power is at. A lot at. more torque. Yeah, it has the torque, huh. exactly. Yeah. yeah, you got to be careful. But anyway. So I, how many how many gallons this was per mile? So so uh, it was it was right at six point seven gallons an hour, which is four miles to the gallon. Okay, what does that compare to to a gas? So burner? so so on 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 my on my old Sea Fox, 
um, I would get right at 2.3 to 2.5. Yeah, so, right. so twice as much. Twice as much. More yeah. than twice as much. Yeah, yeah. You know, they 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 advertise it as thirty-five to forty percent. I can oh. guarantee that. Okay, guarantee that. Yeah. And 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 by the way, my three hundred Yamaha was pushing a twenty-four foot bay boat. This motor's pushing a twenty-eight foot center console. Right. A lot lot bigger. bigger lot bigger boat. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, but you're right, Kirk. The you. You have to learn the torque thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and now that that, that I'm getting used to it, I'm, man, I you love it, mm-hmm. love that power, you know. I mean, you you know to 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 get on a plane is just like, I mean, you just touch it. It's effortless. It's effortless. Yeah, I've been yeah. on a boat. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's effortless yeah. to get on a plane with that diesel motor. Yeah, yeah. It it doesn't even, you know, on on other motors, regular gas motors, you got the. Oh, yeah. you know, so it's kind of sinks, and yep. you can hear it groan a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the diesel motor's just going. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. got anything else for me? Yeah. Uh, can I pull another boat uh, while we're doing this? Well, I, have, I know how the diesel is in my my uh, yeah. GMC. Right. If I touch that gas pedal, right, hard on that GMC, it smokes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm that truck's fast. Yeah, I have to be very careful with it. I mean. You know that diesel engine's just got a lot of torque in it. Yeah. All right. So before uh, before last break, we were talking about we were going to share yes. young and dumb moments. Okay. Chris, I want to hear yours first okay. because you uh, you you sounded you excited about uh, sharing your story. Well, okay. So I did have I did have one story that it that was in college, but I'm actually going to go back earlier than that uh, to a car related story. I was uh, 17, and it was Thanksgiving weekend. And a buddy of mine had hooked me up with a gig putting up Christmas decorations inside a mall after it had closed. Okay. So so it was just pay job. So yes. So it was just the two of us, and and we were working from close, you know, nine o'clock to like two in the morning, putting up decor, you know, going on a cherry picker and hanging stuff from the ceiling and doing all that stuff, right? So it was fun. But I would get to come home late at night. Now keep in mind that I'm 17 years old. And I'm driving a 1968 Mustang GT Fastback. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, just like the bullet car. I mean, same color and everything. So I, you know, had a whole lot of fun because I had to drive across town and there's no traffic. So I hop in uh, on Saturday night and it's, uh, you know, 2.15 in the morning. You know, roads are clean, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna let this sucker rip, and I'm gonna see just what it'll do. Uh oh. And I hop on the highway, and I mean, floor it, mm. <laughs> and just letting it go. And I mean, I'm you know just checking everything because you know we're now up over a hundred, and I'm cruising, you know, really good. It's screaming, it's great, and uh, and I look and I see lights back uh, behind me, uh-oh. off in the distance. And they're starting to get a little closer. <laughs> like, wait a minute. There's nobody on the road and nobody's doing what I'm doing. I know mm-hmm. that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was exactly what you think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a stator. Mm. And and so I'm I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, okay, can I drag this out to the exit that I got to get to and see if I can outrun him and get there? <laughs> or should I duck out early and then try to hide? Or should I just pull over and wait for right. it? Take <laughs> well, my medicine. Well, I, I I got off on the early exit and was going to try to hide. And, man, he was on me so fast and, uh, and pulls me over. 
Now this is now remember this this is in Pennsylvania. This is Thanksgiving, and you know so it's already chilly. All right, mm-hmm. and I had gloves on in the car because Mustang's heater sucked, and um, he pulls up license registration, and he says, "Boy, <laughs> that's never good." Mm-mm. He says, uh, "So, boy, those gloves help you." Keep it on the road when you're going that fast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, no, sir. My hands were just cold. <laughs> he says, he says, uh, he says, you wait right here. Because now, keep in mind, I'm only 17, so I didn't have my full license yet. Mm. I've got my Cinderella license. Oh no. no. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He says. Now wait a minute. What, what's a Cinderella license? Cinderella license between 16 and 18 in Pennsylvania. You can only be out till midnight. Uh, yeah. Now I had a I had a permit from the mall to be out beyond that. Okay. But but he didn't not doing hundred. He didn't care. Yeah. yeah. He didn't care. So he calls my dad at home. Mm. Two forty five in the morning. Mm. My dad pulls up. <laughs> he says, "Mr. Wayne, I would prefer if you waited until I left." Before you talk to your son. <laughs> I'm like, what are you, you're supposed no. to serve and protect. Exactly. No. What are you doing? Don't leave me. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a ticket. Yeah. Throw me in yeah. jail. Yeah. Don't call my dad. Yeah. 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 So, don't throw butt me beat. in the briar yeah. patch. Yeah, that didn't go too well. So how was your arse? That was, uh, was well, I couldn't drive for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Oh. Yeah. That's classic. All right, Favor. Oh, so. You're done. So, 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 my uh, my dumb moment includes I used to go out in the ocean in a John boat every day. Um, never looked at weather uh, during the summertime, during summer break. I mean, I, I, you know, at 15 years old, I had a truck. Yeah. And I was supposed to be going to the intercoastal, you know. Yeah, you're going fishing. And uh, dad didn't know it, but I was going to the little jetties and I was backing mm-hmm. that John boat up and, and I had a, Trash can. I had a cast net, and I'd go around the jetties, and I'd find me a pogey pod, and I'd fill that trash can up, and I'd go to the southeast hole. I'd go to Ponte Vedra. I'd go to Nassau Sound. Um, in a an aluminum John boat, sixteen foot aluminum John boat, twenty five horsepower <laughs> with a, with a four horsepower kicker by myself. You had a kicker oh, on I had that a kicker thing. on there, yes, sir. And uh, did so, the John boat have like uh, flotation ability? F- uh, no, it was a John boat. Uh, no, yeah, it's <laughs> sick <laughs> like a rock. Yeah, it, it was a John boat. So, so I'm in the southeast hole one day. How many miles is that from uh, St. Augustine? No, no, no. I came out you of Mayport. Launched. Yeah, oh, okay. I, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I came out. I came out of Mayport. So, I was in the southeast hole, and and I'm jumping. Dude, when I tell you I had a trash can, I had a trash can full. I mean, a big trash can. Rubber made. Rubber big trash rubber can. made gray. Yeah, okay. I fill that thing up, and I would chum like hell. Mm-hmm. And I had them going, man. I had the sharks going, I had the tarpon going, I had my big rod, and I would sit there and I'd wait until I got a, a shot of the tarpon, right? And the one thing that this big John boat did is it put down a big shadow, and cobia loved it. Hmm. Loved laying underneath it. I caught more cobia. The biggest cobia I ever caught, 83 and a half pounds, was out of that John boat. And the reason that I know it was 83 and a half pounds because I sold it and I got $4 a pound Ooh, for that fish. Yeah. Big money. I was, I was commercial yeah, fisherman, big right? Money. right. So, so <laughs> I look down there and there's two cobia, one about 20 and one about 50, laying underneath the boat. And I brought my rod in and put my 
pokey out and they'd chase it off and they'd come sit back under the boat. They'd chase it off, come sit back under the boat. I'm like, you know, I've heard of people free gaffing these things before, you know? And so, so, so they're laying underneath the boat, you know, and, 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 and about half of them showing and, and I grabbed my six foot gaff, you know, and I kind of got my knees, I'm barefooted, of course, you know, kind of got my knees against the side and I don't pick the small one now, you know, I want the the 50 pounder. You're thinking of selling that fish. I'm going to snatch him in this boat and I'm going to hit him with a billy club and, and dude, I hit this thing. And the next thing I know, I'm 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 snatched so far out of the boat, and I'm hanging on to the gaff. And it's remember the old thing about the the ski you got to let go. Well, I didn't let go. You didn't let go, dude. He's dragging me like like nobody's business. I mean, like like nothing. Mm. And 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 I finally I finally let go, and I pop up in the middle of all this chum. With oh, all no. these sharks feeding all oh, around no. me, and I'm, I'm like, and the good. first thing I do is I, t- I, I pop up and I look around, make sure nobody saw me. Nobody <laughs> saw this, <laughs> right? And I swim back to the boat and I get in with my tail between my legs. So I'm like, never again, never again, never again. There's my dumb moment. Yep. Ooh, buddy. Yeah, that's yep. pretty dumb. Yep. yep. All right, first well, let's take a break. Thing. We come back, Kirk. I want to hear it. I want to hear a, a dumb outdoor moment. Yep. By you. Yep. And we got a lot of years to pick from I hope there. it involves the van. The van. <laughs> the van or the beetle? No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to find out right after this right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. Hey, uh, Whalen Bay, next week, yes. we will be live on location Can't and wait. looking forward to that. So if you want to come on down and join us, come on down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be there doing by, our show live. And by the way, uh, Whalen Bay is also the distributor in the for the Cox engine. So if you're interested in, in the uh, Cox diesel outboard, you can call Whalen Bay. And uh, we're going to get Kirk's yes. dumb, young and dumb moment here in just a minute. But let's go to the phone lines. Matt and Rick got some questions about... The diesel motor. Let's start with Matt. Good morning, Matt. Hey, how y'all doing? Good, Good Matt. Look, uh, you know, I've always wondered why they didn't come out with a diesel outboard. Um, my question, what about the EPA allowing it into the states? Because they've cracked down on, like, the Pro XS's two strokes, and it just seems the EPA is just anti-diesel at this point. Um, also, what was the price range of those so, 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 Jeff, Jeff's been on, on the boat, zero emissions. Yeah. You, you, you never smell, no. never smell diesel. No, I you mean, don't. It, it, it doesn't smoke. It doesn't, zero, zero emissions. Um, the, the, the price is, I would say, 35, 40% more on, on the diesel yeah. outboard. Yep. I, I, I could see that. Yep. Um, yeah. Because I, I know at 2,500 RPMs with the regular outboard, that's in between idling, really, and getting on plane. You're kind of plowing at that point. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So that's, that's, imp- that's impressive. Yep. So, but, um, Tim, for you, I got, but I, I got a funny story for you. Go ahead. I was uh, I was uh, a kid fishing Lake Kissimmee. I, I say kid, probably 16, 17. That's a kid. And we got, yeah, and we got stuck up on a map of reeds and stuff up on uh in Toho. And we couldn't get off and you do the old forward backwards and 
pocket the motor overheating. And I'm gung-ho, full of piss and vinegar at that age. And I look, and, and we're out in the middle of the lake, but it, the depth finder only says two feet. And my buddy goes, no, we're on a mat, Matt. And uh, it's really about six, seven feet. I said, no, it's not. I said, I can jump off and push us. He goes, okay. I jump off, and I disappeared like a torpedo. Mm. And I came up with hydrilla and moss. Yeah, my buddy fell on the deck of the boat just laughing. He goes, I told you. <laughs> and I never that was that, that was funny. That's as scary. Hell, you go so through that, that yeah, and then all of a sudden you're looking it's closed up. You're closed up. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's scary. That's not good. Yeah, but I mean, I just went through it. I mean, you can well, all those are floating mats out there, and they're big islands. Yeah, but Dave, yeah. you got to admit, you you probably had a moment of of panic. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Well, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I just went, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you just did. Uh, yeah, you did. You did. All right, Matt. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Hey, I'll take care. Yeah, of all right. See you, Matt. Uh, let's go talk to Rick. He's got a maintenance question about the diesel. Good morning, Rick. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, I've seen uh, those guys down at the boat shows the last couple of years, the Cox diesels, and um, I'm, I'm glad to hear some performance on it, Kevin. I want to ask a couple of questions, though. Number one, does it need gas like a diesel no. truck does? No. Okay. That's good. Um, you saving money on fuel, you're using green diesel, right? That's a great question. We actually had this yeah. conversation on the boat. Yeah, we, we did. We've had this conversation, and this, it, it, and, 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 and I haven't had a chance to ask that question. To give people an idea, there's, there's two kinds of diesel that you can purchase. Okay, you got the on-road diesel, which mm -hmm. is sub, subject to taxes, more taxes, than right. the red dyed diesel, which is considered quote-unquote off-road diesel, which we put in our tractors. Mm -hmm. So since a boat right. is not on the road, could you put red off-road diesel in your outboard and save money? And, and I, haven't, I haven't asked that question. Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah, I, I think you can because there's a lot of highway tax and diesel. Ton. One of the yeah, a so ton. Um, one more question. And, um, well, first, it, that uh, your previous caller asked, yeah, it needs EPA Tier 4 final and IMO Tier 3. It has to or it couldn't be sold in the United States. The reason you don't smell diesel fuel is probably because it's got an oxidation catalyst on it that removes the sulfur smell from diesel fuel. That happens to be my business. So, okay. And, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, okay. And then what's the maintenance interval on it, Kevin? Because, you know, fixing a diesel is obviously a lot more expensive than a gas engine but i'm i'm curious is it 100 hours you know a diesel no. is designed to no work no no time, no it's so. it's it's um i'm going to say 300 hours it's the first 30 hours i'm yeah first 30 hours which i'm getting ready to have my 30 hour and then after that it's 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 nowhere near 100 hours hmm. yeah okay so that kind of offsets the cost of the motor. Yeah, I know yeah. I mean, you, yeah, obviously, you, it, just like what you're talking about, diesel costs more, but you get better fuel mileage. You know, um, right. the, the motor I mean, costs it's, more, it's but it's supposed to last a 6,000 hours. Well, diesel shouldn't cost more. No, it shouldn't. It's you're right. the taxes. Right, right. And and, right. and, 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 well, and like I said, the, the, the torque on this thing is ridiculous. I mean, 450 pounds of torque. Yeah. Well, here's what I don't understand, yeah. and, and Rick, you probably know this too. Like, you go to Europe. Mm -hmm. There are vehicles over there. All diesel. Diesel. Right. Why are why are we not putting these smaller diesel motors in our cars to make them more economical here? Yeah. Germans have been doing it well, forever. Well, it's perception. 
it's perception because, uh, you know, diesel fuel is actually less refined than unleaded. So it's easier to make. It's less expensive to make. But people see black smoke and think emissions. The reality is, again, this is my business. Diesel fuel is cleaner from an emissions perspective than a gasoline powered engine. Then why do we why, pay? Now, now hold on. Explain to people why, because mm-hmm. a lot of people think the complete opposite. Uh, it has to deal with the amount of hydrocarbons and the carbon monoxide that's uh, present in um, unleaded fuel, vice diesel fuel. But because they see black smoke, which is a particulate matter, uh, the unburned sulfur that comes out of diesel, uh, diesel emissions. That's why the perception is it's dirtier. Mm. But um, and and let me let me just add this real quick, Rick. It's more uh, you get more productivity as far as it's more economical with diesel than opposed to your regular gasoline. So you're burning less fuel to get the same results. Correct. Okay. In a smaller vehicle, yeah, yeah. Yes. Now over the road trucks, obviously, that's where they're Correct. sticking it to you on the gas taxes because a 25,000-pound truck's going to do more damage to a road. Right. But, yeah, you see smaller diesel vehicles all over Europe uh, because they are economical and they last a long time. And, again, with a simple particulate matter filter and oxidation catalyst, uh, and, and, you know, your diesel trucks have DEF, that's urea, that helps reduce the nitrous oxide in uh, diesel emission. And that's kind of what's required with the EPA for Tier 4 for mobile vehicles. So, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you can do with the diesel. It's it's the same thing a car. Catalytic converters is a oxidation catalyst for gasoline vehicles. It just doesn't have DEF in it. Um, they both have to meet the same standard, but you don't get the black smoke obviously out of a out of a uh, out of gas unleaded vehicle, right? Unless, unless you need a ring job, right? <laughs> but it's um it, it's perception. Uh, and that's, you know, perception is people's reality. The fact is diesel vehicles are a lot longer. The engines last a lot longer. They're much more efficient. And they can be, uh, you know, they can be tuned to be just as fast. I mean, look at the way some of these 2,500 trucks. Yeah. One of those. My neighbor's got a 7.3 Ford, and that thing just hauls butt. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, but they stick you on the high, you know, the, the tax on diesel fuel is ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy. So. But, uh, yeah, I I was actually up at where your show was last week looking at a boat. And if I get up in that 26, 28-foot range, I'm going to look real hard at a diesel. Oh, absolutely. You should. It makes a lot of sense. Yep. You should. Yep. Yeah. For sure. It makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, thank Uh, you, Rick. That was awesome. Okay. We thank you and uh, really appreciate the, the, the knowledge yeah. there on the diesel stuff. Yeah, was, and uh, we may we may be uh, bringing yeah. you on and have a discussion. Yeah, we, we, absolutely. That thank you, Rick. Fun. Thanks, Rick. Right. Sure. That's my business. Y'all take care. All right. Um, Kirk, your uh, young and dumb moment. Okay. So, <laughs> And uh, Charles and, and Mike and Archie, you guys hang on. We're, we're going to get you. And uh, – what, I think I was I was 13 or 14 years old, and my dad had just bought a boat. And we had a 45-horse Johnson outboard on the back of it. Size of a drum. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was big for, for that, that model year. 1964, so he had this boat for a few years. And we used to go to a place called Bushy Park. It was a freshwater lake. It was part of the Cooper River water system. And we'd ski. 
Well, I had already like water ski, water ski, forty five enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, and I'm skinny little. You know, yeah. I mean, twelve, thirteen years old. I'm skinny little kid. I mean, I weigh sixty pounds, soaking wet. So we did a lot of two skis, you know. And Dad kept going, and you need to slalom. You need to kick the ski and just mm-hmm. get it done. Mm-hmm. So he said, once you get it done, then you'll be able to slalom. So I started doing that, and I was doing pretty good at it. You know, we were out running around. I had my sister, my brother, my dad, and I think I think one of my uncles was in the boat with us. And we're running around the lake. We're having a big time. And he goes, look, try it just with the slalom. I said, I can do that. He goes, yeah, just lay back on the back of the ski, and when you, we start pulling – just push down a little bit, and he said it should just pop right up. Kind of lay back on it. I so said, you're okay. talking about getting pulled up on a slalom on one ski, one ski instead of dropping instead one. of dropping one and having to circle right. around and find it. You know, right. we'd always throw, I'd always throw it off in the hydrilla somewhere, and you'd have to go back and dig through the hydrilla <laughs> and find it. And Dad's like, I'm I'm tired of doing this. Just get up on a slalom. So we drop back, and 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 you know, I, I'm out of the boat, and I said, you know, I looked at him and I said, all right, kick it. You know, and he fires it, and and somehow I had dropped the nose on the ski. Oh. Well, like a Yahoo, I don't let go of the rope. Right. And like I'm submarining, and the next thing I know, I'm up to my chest, and I'm up to my neck, and all of a sudden, boop, I'm gone. And he's still dragging, and he's thinking, oh, of course he's going to let go of the rope. Yeah. Well, I don't let go of the rope. <laughs> Smart guy. It's like 20 feet of water. Yeah. I go straight to the bottom. 20 feet of water, you know, for a 12, 13-year-old. Yeah. That's pretty damn deep. Oh, yeah. My ears are popping and all that. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, I felt it hit the bottom. And I'm thinking, oh, I should let go of the rope. Finally, I had an epiphany after I don't know how many seconds of being pulled to the bottom. And I'm, <laughs> you know, and I can hear the motor coming. And then my dad cuts the boat off. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there waiting. And I am struggling to go up. Mm. I still got the ski attached to my feet. Oh, I'm trying to no. kick it off. And I finally get it off. And I pop up. And my dad looks at me and goes, my God. He said, you know, all you got to do is let go of the rope. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. Why is and that goes, your first reaction is to hang on? He said, you never let go of the rope. And I go, no, I didn't until the very right. end, until I hit the bottom. And he goes, my God, how deep was it? And I go, pretty deep, Dad. Yeah. It's pretty deep. Jeez. Oh, and it's bla- and, you're, and you're skiing in Blackwater. Yeah. You can't see. I mean, when that Kobe pulled me overboard, I held onto that gaff for everything I had. I'm thinking, why? What am I doing? My dad laughed, and he laughed. He goes, "You're such a bozo." Yeah. He said, "Unbelievable," you know. So, <laughs> That's funny. Lesson learned. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Mike Kogan, our uh, good buddy kayak Mike, has got a dumb story. Mm. Morning, Mike. <laughs> good morning, guys. Good morning, Mike. Love all the good, love all the good stupid stories. I'm part of it too. So, 2002, I'm starting to kayak fish. Hadn't started the website or the classic or any of that stuff. And I went out there with some friends on a charter with Dingman, and I learned how to catch bull reds with the jetty. We're right. on the South Rocks, and I'm like, wow, I want to do this on a kayak, right? So I'm all set up. I got my cut blue crab. I got all my goodies. I got a couple of rods, you know, tackle, everything. I drag everything down to the pole. <laughs> For those that don't know, that's one of the best surfing spots. In Northeast Florida. Yes. Yep. Right there in Hannah Park. Yep. And I learned that because I'm sitting there and I'm watching a couple guys surf and I'm by myself. Beautiful, calm morning, west wind. Doesn't look like any big deal. I've tested paddling out before and I start to paddle. <laughs> and I've got everything above deck, right? I wasn't smart enough to put everything in the kayak back then. And 
have it all strapped down. So paddle, paddle, paddle. All I got to do is get out here, turn north to the South Rock. It's going to be a blast. Well, I get past the first sandbar, and I didn't know there were two at low tide. And uh, <laughs> that oh. wave from, uh, what was that movie with Tom Hanks where he's stranded on the island? Oh, um, Castaway. 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 Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. That wave that wave from Castaway made an appearance and I'm in a fifteen foot kayak and it went up, 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 and then over. <laughs> it just destroyed me. The surfers helped me get back to shore and help pick up what equipment they could. I end up in strike zone that day, about seven hundred dollars poorer <laughs> for all the stuff that I lost. Oh brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to Needless to say, I, I never, going out or coming in, had anything above deck or that wasn't strapped down again. Less, that's a hard yeah. lesson right there. That is yeah, a tough lesson. But, uh, well, you know what they say? You know, no one gets smart unless you made some mistakes along the way. Right? That's right. <laughs> Got to live and so, learn. <laughs> well, fortunately, I was living to learn. But uh, I'm loving the show, guys, and I'm looking forward to hearing the next story. Thanks, All right, buddy. thank you, thank you, Mike. All right, uh, let's take a break. We come back. We've got a Kirby Co. cooking tip, a weather and the tides, and we're going to try to squeeze uh, Charles and Archie and Sam in as well right here on the Nimnick Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. All right, let's do a uh, Kirby Co. Builders cooking tip of the week. Kirby Co. Builders, industry leader and proven provider of framing, drywall, interior, and exterior, finishing on both commercial and residential products. And, and uh, Parker Farms is loving this cooking tip because Parker Farms has about 65 acres of green peppers. Oh, wow. Okay, what's one of the best recipes on the planet for ground pepper? venison oh. and a green pepper? Had it last night. Stuffed peppers. Stuffed peppers. The sure. only way to go. Uh, I had stuffed peppers last night. Did Seriously, you? Yes. All right. What, what, uh, what does Carrie put in uh, in the stuffing? So, oh venison? my gosh. It's, oh, it's venison. Yep, absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. It's venison and then what, all the other stuff. I don't know, but it, I can tell you this. It was out, outstanding. Yeah, I went, uh, the, Tara did it a little while back for us, uh, like a week or so ago, and she puts in the rice and uh, uh, ground venison, onions, and you can do all kinds of Italian seasoning, et cetera, et cetera. But we've got a recipe up that, that we've done, and it was absolutely tremendous. And Scott Parker encourages you to use lots of green peppers because he's growing them. And by the way, have you seen the cost of green peppers in a grocery store lately? Have you seen the cost of everything? Everything I mean, in the grocery store costs five bucks. Crazy. Anyway, that's your Kirby Cool Builders Cooking Tip of the Week. Great little recipe. Uh, you can add a little bit of corn to it, too. It makes it look good. It gives a little color. Kirk, I know you like that. Mm-hmm. like the color, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, uh, let's do a Tides Report brought to you by Angie Subs, the sub shop in Jacksonville. And, yes, uh, my dad got his Angie's fix while he was good here. For him. And the Tides at Mayport. Uh, today you said it was a high tide, only like a 4.1? Yeah, it was a 4.1 high this morning. Uh, which is coming up actually at 10.52 a.m. There was a low tide at 4.30, excuse me, a high tide at 4.39 a.m. So you got a 5.03 p.m. high tide this afternoon. And it wasn't very much. I mean, at, at peak high this morning, it was 4.1. So a minus dot one. It's, uh, this is what I call a very gentle tide. It is a gentle tide. For, for what we've got. But starting tomorrow, it's not going to be very gentle with that west wind. No. All right, uh, let's do a weather report brought to you by the Beer to Pig, the best barbecue in Jacksonville. Their greens are second to none. And if they have the uh, 
uh, Brussels sprouts that they do with Parmesan cheese. Yeah, the roasted Brussels sprouts are really good. Yeah, outstanding. The jalapeno Agreed. poppers aren't Agreed. too shabby either. Oh, and of course the the meat. Uh, they literally the, the the smokers that they have. They have two of them at the beach. They're the size of a semi trailer. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how big they are. And these things cook it perfectly. All right. So the inland report today. It's uh, mostly cloudy. It's a slight chance of showers. This morning, and then a chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon. Some of them are going to produce gusty winds with heavy rainfall, and which is crazy. We just had some heavy rainfall the other day. The winds are going to be out of the south, 10 to 15, chance of rain 50%. But then tonight, it's coming, okay, likely. with a Likely showers with a chance of thunderstorms after midnight. It's going to be gusty winds, heavy rainfall this evening, and then tomorrow, Mostly cloudy with the showers and chance of thunderstorms in the morning, then mostly sunny with a slight chance of showers in the afternoon. So clearing tomorrow, but the wind is going to be honking out of the southwest 20 to 25 with gusts to 35. Oof. Oof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tomorrow's going to be a All right, uh, let's uh, return to the phone lines. Charles, uh, what did, and Sam here, we're going to do Charles first, talking about drones for hunting. Good morning, Charles. Hey, good morning, guys. Just a, a, a quick uh, dumb story. Uh <laughs> Back in uh, 82 down in, uh, we went to a company picnic on Lake Keystone or Kingsley back when they still had water in them and you could ski down mm-hmm. there. And I'm standing on the dock and my first time trying to ski, you know, and my boss and everybody in the whole company's there. So my boss hands me the rope and it's John Haight, you know, from the golf tournament um, over at UNF. And, uh, no, you know, he says, there you go, Charles, and I go off the dock, and not only, I just started skipping like a stone, <laughs> and then submarined, you know, and the rope was around the inside of my thigh. Oh, no. And then it finally clued in, let go. So, uh, why do we have a hard time with it? I don't know. I'm telling you, you that's the hardest thing is letting go. Yeah, it's like I know, and nobody ever tells you. Psychosomatic yes, reaction. They smile and they hand you the rope right. and they say, "You ready?" <laughs> yeah, hang on. Yeah, you be ready, ski king. Yeah, you yeah. hang on. You hang on. All right. Yeah, you know. But last week you had that great tip about uh, e-bikes. You know, to bring the carcass out. Yeah. And I was, it got me to thinking in, in today's hunting, do guys up in the tree stands and when they're still hunting, is, are people starting to use small drones now to help them scout for uh, for uh, for know, deer or animal? No, uh, but, but no, but people are using drones to explore Topography some terrain land. features. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe it's illegal. To oh, use as for hunting, yeah. To be, I mean, it probably yeah. is yeah. to use it for an assistant hunting. But I mean, I know that a lot of people use it just from the standpoint of, hey, what is uh, what does it look like over there? And, and and I'm not talking like while they're hunting, but doing it yeah, the off yeah, season awesome. to kind of yeah. get an understanding of of how things look. But uh, yeah, the, some of the drones that uh, technology that is, is today, you can record the video. It's high def and. Uh, very affordable. I mean, we, me and uh, my wife have one, and she's the pilot. And she's amazing at it. And we can take, you know, high-def videos of, you know, on our place to find out, you know, cool. how terrain, yeah. certain terrain features that maybe you're a little thick to get in there and walk. You just fly the drone over it and take a look at it from up above. That's awesome. Yep. But, yeah, it's it's not allowable, I don't think, like like day of hunting or anything right. of that nature. Right. Yeah, you can't use yeah, it you to assist you, you in can't, that. You right? can't use it. Thanks, Charles. Hey, have a 
great day, guys. All right, thank you, buddy. Yep. Next week. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Archie's been hanging on longer, so let's get uh, Archie on, and then we're going to go to Sam. Morning, Archie. Morning, guys. Morning, buddy. How y'all doing? Good. Doing good. Doing good. Good. I know some of my stories in the past I've shared with you have to do with the tide. I remember sharing the one about the honeymoon. But uh, anyway, uh, the other one would be probably the dumb one. My father told my brother and I never, never, never go go out on the North Jetty. And we thought, well, why not? Because that's where the fish are. So we went out there one day and started catching sheephead and just going crazy. And then next thing you know, you look over your shoulder and the tide has come in. Yep, yep. And, uh, I mean, i tell you how bad it was. I'm a pretty good swimmer, and I almost felt like I'd have been safer diving in the water and just swimming in the shore than to try and navigate those rocks. But that was probably the dumbest thing I ever did, as far as we ever did. We, we lived to tell about it. But uh, as far as the skiing thing goes, um, skiing was always a part of our family down in Keystone, down at Kingsley and places like that. And, Jeff, the, the easiest way I found for the barefoot was get on, a like, a 9-6 surfboard mm-hmm. and just get your, speed, get your speed up sitting on that board and then just slide up to the nose and then put your feet down because the hardest part of, of barefooting is that moment of truth when you jump out of the ski and put the other foot down. Oh, That's yeah. That's always where people usually crash. So I'd recommend anybody wanted to do that. To just uh, either there's two ways: do it on the surfboard, put both feet down, and then just almost stand up. And then the other thing is just use the new the new boats that have the, the ski bars on the side. You can yeah, and you hold on to it. There. Yep. Oh yeah, man, that's great. So, <laughs> yeah, but let's see, that's, that would be my. But then you don't get the young and dumb moments, you know. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> well, the only problem with those tow bars I found is if you if you keep hanging on to the bar, usually the first thing to come off is your bathing suit. That's right. <laughs> so uh, that's that. That's always a tough one. But uh, hey, I, I enjoy seeing you guys down at Seen the Hatchy. I saw. Uh, yep. I waved at you. I know you did. I saw day. you. Yeah, man. That was that was pretty cool. That was fun time, and uh, we had a good time that day down there with the outfit. It was awesome. Yep. Anyway, appreciate Thank, you guys. Thanks, Archie. Thank you, Archie. Thank you. Take All right, care. Uh, let's go to let's get Sam in here on on his dumb story. Good morning, Sam. Hey guys, how are you? I know it's. Uh, Get down front time, so I'll be quick. So I grew up down in South Florida, down in the Everglades, and um, they had these canals that ran um, east and west from the Everglades out to the intercoastal. Right. And they're long, and straight, and there were there were dirt roads on either side of them. So you know, growing up in the early '80s in high school, we always thought it was brilliant to go ahead and tie a rope to the back of a pickup truck <laughs> and ski off. Yeah. Oh no, no, it gets better. And ski off the back. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. That's what they yeah. do at Parker Farms yeah. down uh, down in Elkton. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I, I just got in the car. Okay, well, I mean, it, it seemed good, but it was awful because you're fighting the truck the whole time because, you you know, it, it, it was exhausting. But, you know, you're young and tough and dumb in, in high school and whatever. And so it was my turn to go, and I, and I went for a while, and, you know, you just get tired and kind of let go. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go again. And so all the guys in the truck are like, no, 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 you should, you should just come in, come in, you're fine, you know, let's go get something to use on. So I get in off the shore, and there's like an eight-foot alligator that was apparently following me all the way into the shore. No! And my guy, yeah, they didn't, they didn't want me to panic, so they're like, yeah, yeah, just just come in, you'll be fine. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't do that again, so 
I, I was gonna because the crazy thing is when you were started to tell the story, I said I, I, I got a feeling how many alligators yes, did you those. end up water skiing over the top of because you that go you down yeah. those canals in South Florida. Yeah, I mean it's no joke. It's yeah. no joke alligators right. down there, especially when they're out there in those remote dirt roads, but that are on the canals. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean now, anybody of fresh water uh, around here, yeah. you're gonna have gators. But you know, it. isn't it funny that the last story that we get. Is about an alligator when we started talking about alligators in the seven o'clock hour. Right at the very beginning. Look yeah. at that. Look at how you bookended things, you Sam. Come full yeah. circle. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. We we used to have this is just young and dumb, but but me, Cuz, and Jay Reister, we had a place we called the Wading Pond, mm-hmm. and it's 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 it was on the north. I'm sorry, south end of Sawgrass, and you 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 could only access it by. Like wading through cattails, okay, okay, and getting there, and it, it had it was full of bass, full of bass. Okay, was, most of it was weight deep. It was full of alligators. And you're wading? Oh yeah, the whole time. And then one day, one day, I found a, a new little honey hole, and I I waded up, and I'm like looking at something, I'm looking at something, and I'm going, what is that? And I'm not, but about ten yards away from it, and I look, and it was five little alligators. On top mm. of their mom's head. Mm. Uh-oh. And she goes down. Mm. Uh-oh. I was scared. I would have been scared, I, I too. I started backing up, man. I'm like, holy crap. That's that's when you want to have, you've, you've already made your trip to Wild West Guns and Gold. Yeah. And you've gotten this nice blah, 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 blah. gun that can handle yeah, a situation I, I, I'm, like I'm that. You. Yep. Yeah. There, you know, we didn't even think about it. Yeah. You know? I mean. No, did. you just, uh, hey, I never did when I was a kid. God, we man, just we, walked out in the water. Yeah. You know? And, and we knew we they were there. Snake bit or anything uh, yeah. else yeah. Is, 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 is beyond Grace me. Of God. I think the amazing thing is that as many creeks and ponds that i've waded in that i it's a it's a it's an amazing miracle that i didn't get bit by moxa yeah that, uh, at oh. some point yeah. Dude, yeah. we used to wade yeah. everything and i've we seen used to wade plenty in, of we used to wade in guana and shoot gars and mudfish with 22s <laughs> you know how nasty that is nasty. Fish nasty. Hunting. how far it. did you sink in the mud there Oh, you wade were, into that. Oh, oh, it was it, it was all day knee deep mud. Oh. Yeah, the water was only about two feet yeah, deep. Yeah, it's only two feet deep, yeah. but you sink in the mud yeah. forever. Yeah, it stink. Oh, it was <laughs> awful. That old nasty old oh, and, and decayed this, mud. Now, this was summertime. Yeah. Dead in the middle of summertime. What Hot. the hell are we doing out there? Mm. Uh, yeah. Having fun. Gator, oh yeah, we had fun. Gator bait. <laughs> Gator bait. Oh. <laughs> I I don't mind alligators, but uh, I don't want to be wading in their world. Mm-mm. And especially when you're catching fish, no. when that fish starts splashing on the water, I had that happen, uh, not in Guana, but at, at a pond, and all of a sudden I'm catching fish, and after about the third fish, you know, because I saw a gator a long way away, he start catching, yeah. you know, yeah. fish number one, he starts going, huh, fish number two, he's like, hey, mm-hmm. number three, he's like, that's a free meal, mm-hmm. he starts coming in, I'm like, uh-uh, I'm out, <laughs> right. time to get out of the water. Yeah, don't want to forest gump it. Especially when if if you're if you're in thigh deep water, an alligator can come up to you and you will never, never know, know that he even came no, up, no, up to a- you in that water. Not. You no. wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. No, not a clue. And that's his world. Mm-hmm. It ain't your world. No. No. Logs as usual. The Nimnik Outdoor Show brought to you by Duck Duck Rooter is also brought to you by some other fine sponsors. Well, and some sponsors that, uh, and all the sponsors we use, Wild West Guns and Golds. I bought multiple guns from there. Kirby Co. Builders, Claw Nolan Cadillac, Wayland Bay Marine, Strike Zone, 
Valentino Boats, Thick Pen Heating and Cooling, Standard Feed and Seed, Ring Power, and the Cat Rental Store, LV Hires Inc., Hagen Coastal Outfitters, thank you for outfitting my dad, Consignment Boat Sales, Coastal Equipment, CNH Marine Construction, Atlantic Coast Marine, Angie Subs, and of course the Nimnick family of dealerships, Chevrolet on Cassett, Buick, and GMC on Phillips Highway. And next week, don't forget, we're going to be live at Whalen Bay Marine in St. Augustine. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. We'll get uh, we'll get some guys on there and talk uh, boat maintenance and all the stuff they have there. Folks, remember anything you do in the outdoors, always think safety first. Y'all have a great weekend. See you. See you. See you. <laughs>